0: Ah! <coughs>
1: That's why we took the damn field. Now, if you want to crown them, then crown their ass. But they are who we thought they were. And we let them off the hook. All
2: right. Thank you for joining us for a special ESBC podcast, ESBC podcast network with the end on the network where we're going to give you the, I call it the greatest podcast of all time, the greatest content of all time. Uh, Because we are going to make you money. We have 140 years of watching football. And we're going to leverage that to monetize the the playoffs. We're also going to give you some college basketball picks. Because the money on the college basketball picks are just as green as the playoff picks. And if you take each suggestion we give you and bet it equally there's a high probability, up to 80%, which is probability theory, that you will make money. Now, we have a graph there showing uh, the way our money went this year, which uh, I have it out. You guys can see that. The average American made $56,000 last year. We made more on this podcast than the average American betting on the game, so that would be the present value. I have an MBA, securities licenses, uh, clients worth 50 million, 20 million. What we do is we use decision science, which is the red and yellow book up there, Uh, arbitrage, many different financial concepts to bet on the game, so we use the same process you use to invest in a business, in a stock, as an MBA, in a consulting firm, same thing. Bet on these games, and I always say the purpose. Every single business meeting, this is this is a business meeting. This podcast, every single business meeting has to have a specific purpose and an outcome. So we just showed you the outcome. The purpose I always say is to make me personally money. I say that because I watch the Kentucky Derby. Zaid, the owner of a horse, wins the Kentucky Derby. He says, "Oh." I bought this horse, and I that can tell me, derby for you, the people know you bought <laughs> it for yourself for stud fees, so you can make money." And Scott and I, we're laughing because we grew up with Howard self. Tell it like it is, right? You know, journalism. Everybody has their opinion, and the, and the problem is that bottom line. Now, right? Uh, you can have your own opinion, but you can't have your own facts, right? So journalism is turned into opinion. So the other business maxim we have is that if you're the smartest and toughest person in the room, you are in the wrong room. Just ask Joe Judge. He's going, (laughs) Oh, I'm gonna see the mayor. I'm gonna tell him I'm I'm gonna gonna be the general manager of this place. So you guys got me in here to be general manager? No, Joe, you're fired, right? Delusional, right? (laughs) You have advice like us. And Also, diversity, if you have a diverse company or process, that's why you hear it all the time, diversity, diversity, it's not race or gender or disability, it's what we have here. We have uh, myself, Jim and Scott are old, Chad's young, we have age diversity, Uh, Chad and I are here in the West Coast, Scott's in the Northeast, Jim is in Chicago. Just by the virtue of ten degrees outside where they live <laughs> right now, makes it tougher than we are. But I got a joke I got to get out. First thoughts, man, before we Joe get in Jim. deep into the playoffs. Yes, sir. Well, Joe Jim, Judge Jim met Goldfrest. the jury.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I had to say it. I just had to say it. Yeah. Well, you, you heard the,
0: yeah. you heard the Joe Judge platform for next year is to run quarterback sneaks every play. Right? That was his. That was his platform. Well, he can't do
2: that now. He, he's going to go back to uh working security for the patriots <laughs> meetings and then you know if if matt yeah. patricia needs help with the coffee exactly he'll go he'll go give exactly. help, help with, with a coffee yeah. order now i know jim with the pencils for remember yeah he always has the pencils to make sure he gets the coffee order for other folks yeah <laughs> I,
3: I saw this thing on twitter that was like uh a- it was, it was Belichick's diabolical plan ever since uh, the Giants ruined his perfect season to get one of his guys in there and just ruin that franchise <laughs> as bad as he could do it for a year. <laughs> it was an inside job the whole way, Belichick, payback. It's
2: accomplished. His
0: <laughs> Score one for the good guys out here in New England. So.
2: Oh, my God. Yeah. All right, so we'll go around first thoughts before we get into the playoffs. The first podcast was uh, pronostication. This podcast is, look at this alliteration, Jeff. I have my first degree before I got into the finance world was Shakespeare and British literature. So it's with pronostication. This podcast is going to be previewing. You're going to break up ties that we had on the last podcast. Um, Chinese say we can't collaborate. And that's why communism is better than capitalism. And this podcast, we prove that we're not overly competitive. We can collaborate with each other and help each other make money in a capitalist system before we get taxed too much uh, by Bernie Sanders and Elizabeth Warren types, right? Uh, So uh, we'll go Jim, Scott, then Chad, first thoughts, and then we'll get into these games. And I think this is the greatest podcast of all time because we give you analysis and even like some detailed schemes, but they're tailored for you to put money in your pocket. Uh, my wife, Anna, back there, she just bought a dinner with betting money. And she has not bought
1: gasoline
2: since 2011. They have not been sports
1: betting dollars. <laughs> oh, come on. She drives an electric car. Who are you kidding?
2: <laughs> <laughs> She's got that hybrid now, but inflation, man. <laughs> that's, that's our inflation See? hedge. <laughs> <laughs> betting on games is our inflation hedge. Yes.
1: What are your first thoughts as we get into these games, Jim? So first of all, a great wildcard weekend. We have a lot of diversity of teams. We have some teams that shouldn't be there, but that doesn't mean teams that can't cover. So as we go through these games, we are going to have some very interesting observations. The public is looking at these games in a very, very specific way, but I think we're going to have some very interesting thoughts that are going to make people think and reconsider those public stances. Right, and you are going to have, top,
2: because I come from a CNBC, Fox Business, Bloomberg point of view. So they're going to look at these games through a different lens. And uh, the whole thing about being authentic and transparent, we're a lot more transparent than the U.S. government or a lot of local governments uh, we have, right, around here. Scott, what are your first thoughts?
0: I'm just excited to go over these games again and have Jim here. I mean, uh, you know, we got his e- emails on the uh, the props and the uh, game notes, which were amazingly fantastic. So thanks, Jimson, Thank for you. that. Uh, you know, I, I saw some things in those notes that I had not even thought of uh, after we did the Wednesday night podcast, so. I'm looking forward to breaking the games down with Jim. I'm looking forward to getting his perspective on things, and I'm looking forward to some player props that he might uh, like a lot more than usual.
2: Yeah, no, it was great last year. uh, Doing the live streams with Jim, he always gave me some insight uh, in a new pick to approach the game, to monetize it, or rethink my thinking, and make money that way. And, and that's the purpose. We're, we're putting money in your pocket you gotta ask yourself who is making you money but we take it a step further we teach you how to fish and then yep. since we've been alive so long we also do uh uh mental health first aid kit financial first aid kit jen Nolan, your first thoughts man i'm just i'm
3: excited for uh just the thoughts of this one i'm, I'm happy to have Jim on here um you know the notes were awesome you know so much information um you know and i'm i'm definitely looking at some you know what what some player prop angles i i guarantee by the end of the, this uh podcast i'll have a couple player props on my on my card so yeah i'm just excited to uh, you know re go go through these games you know some stuff i'm pretty set on but there's a lot of stuff that i'm kind of um trying to just get as much information as i can in and, and make make the best pick so let's get it going
2: right on so the first game is going to be, and uh, I'll reiterate this story because I don't know if Jim's heard it, but I am the president of the USF Alumni Association. And I'm sitting here working, same office, sitting here working, phone rings, and a guy says, hello, uh, Josh, you know, you, you know, come up, um recommended. Uh, you did great work with the USF football tutoring department. We heard that. Um, you were also a designated driver for Jimmy uh, Markham, head coach at Arena League, and uh, and John bought you a few beers. John Gruden and Chandoside buying people beers has an office where he brings in Lafleur. He brings in McVeigh. Chip Kelly is the one I saw with eyes, and they sit there for a week and they discuss offensive football. Josh, my name is Rick Pachasia, and i like to become the head coach of the USF Bulls. I'm like, what? <laughs> Man, they, we went on to have a conversation that can't be repeated. But now so it's all legal. So what he talked about now is now called NIL. So now you can get a $50,000 image and likeness deal rather than getting a paper bag. I don't know if Chad knows about that, but you used to go to the grocery store and there used to be paper there. You get a bag, you bring groceries out. Where recruits, you put $50,000 in. <laughs> I can get a guy or two. Well, lo and behold, he's now the head coach of the Las Vegas Raiders. And they're going to the Cincinnati Bengals. And I had a friend who worked for the Cincinnati Bengals. And he used to tell me Martin Luce had 15 jobs. So when you read about uh, Zach Taylor, he has... 15 jobs he is the head of scouting he's the head coach he's the offensive coordinator he's also the quarterbacks coach <laughs> Joe Pearl has a little piece of this offense so preview this game for us as I put in our, our first visual of the day uh what Scott calls the six degrees of Andy Reid that we have Gruden who we just talked about we have McVay who's also in the playoffs so is Shanahan and Zach Taylor was on the same staff with McVeigh in Tampa Bay with John Gruden. So that gives you insight why. It's not that we're geniuses here. It's not that we're guru, is that we've seen this movie before. <laughs> and it's the same guys, right? The same usual suspects. Yeah. The name and the faces changed,
1: but the story's
2: still the same.
1: <laughs> Go ahead, Jim. Preview. Until, the Raiders until you said again. the email. Until you sent an email to the Washington owner, but all right, so preview the game. So before I get into the teams, (laughs) I'll just start with a couple overview thoughts. This is really important, and everybody knows. The Raiders are coming off a five-quarter game on a Sunday night, short week they're playing on Saturday, a three-time zone trip, while the Bengals rested their starters in week 18 there is a massive rest advantage here. Also, it's going to be 31 degrees with 10 mile an hour wind. So the wind chill be about 24. This is a cold weather game for a warm weather team. One last thing before um, the overview is this. It's only a small sample size of five games. But Derek Carr has played five games in 37 degrees or colder. His teams have never scored more than 17 points. Now, maybe they weren't great teams. That's the overview before I get into the teams I wanted us to set up. Right. Uh, There's there's ways to
2: mitigate that, right? So they're going to have to come with the running shoes and play defense and keep everybody rested. Uh, Chad is the professional football player in this. He plays for the Las Vegas Knights Arena League. He starred in the CFL. I looked up his stats. He has 26 yards uh, a catch, right? It's his Arena League stats. I'm like, man, how I could not run 26 yards, turn around, and catch the ball for like three seconds or less, right? 4-4 four, four speed, Chad. So you played in cold. He starred. Uh, he ran to the goal line on every kickoff when he was a kickoff coverage. <laughs> we laugh about that because teams wear their players out with dumb rules like that. Run to the goal line, even though the guy's kicking it through the end zone every time. But you sprint to the goal line, wear yourself out. Uh, so, Chad, playing in cold weather, traveling, uh, how, is it, how is that going to affect this game like Jim was talking about?
3: I mean, yeah, cold weather is definitely tougher to play in. I mean, there's no doubt about it. Like. It, I mean just catching the ball I mean tackling um you know I definitely think that that cold weather plays to maybe a little more run than pass on the run pass ratio a little heavier to the run and I think it, it, you know plays to the under here with that number number being where it is I mean cold yeah cold weather is um you know it's it, it's uncomfortable but it is a playoff game and these are professional athletes so they're gonna be up for it um you know I don't think it's something that's that's gonna you know be, you know, anything too crazy for him. But yeah, definitely, it definitely impacts, you know,
1: the, the players, no doubt. Can I ask one question, Chad? So this specific to a player. So Max Crosby was having had an unbelievable amount of high-energy pass rushes through that entire fourth quarter and overtime it, it was all pass, it was all fast paced is there any chance that he comes into this game diminished or will he be a short week, time zone travel, all that? Is there any chance he specifically struggles because he's a key player in this game?
3: Yeah. You know, you know the, the biggest question to that is like, what kind of shape the guy, how he takes care of his body out of the field. I mean, is this a dude that's like staying away from alcohol, you know, putting a lot of nutrition in his body, um, you know, and, and taking, you know, getting the, you know, doing the right stuff throughout the week to prepare his body, you know, and if he's doing that, I think he will be fine. Um, you know, they, they're all, you know, they, they're going to be light with practice, keeping off you know, rest, get, get some light, lighter lifts in, you know, get, get, get a speed session in that week. Um, you know, if, if, if they do it the right way, I think that, you know, I think he'll, he will be fine. Um, you know, I, I do think, though, uh, you know, with, the, with that being said, that the Raiders will try to, you know, have some ball control or go a little bit of that route to keep that defense off the field. Um, they definitely want to lower the snaps of the defense this week. Um, there's no doubt about that.
2: Right. Uh, Scott, what do you have to chime in as far as uh, what we've just been talking about?
0: Oh, I agree with Jim. The Raiders went um, five quarters Sunday night. It was a late game. Got over very late for them. Um, so they lost Sunday. They probably Monday meeting, stuff like that. Lose the day and travel to Cincinnati uh, for the early Saturday game. Um, I don't know how much they have left in the tank, basically because, as Jim said, Derek Carr is not a cold-weather quarterback. And I'd be interested to find out how, what his touchdown-interception to ratio is, what his passing yards per game is. Did the run game carry them in that in those games, or did Derek Carr do a little bit more than usual? My inclination
1: is that the run game carried them. Um, they lost all five of those cold-weather games. 0-5, yeah. yeah. It said uh, no more than 17 points scored.
0: Yeah. So, so my, my inclination is, is that Cincinnati well-rested, you know, off, off of what the Raiders did is the raid did the Raiders spend all their energy on that chargers game? And my answer would probably be yes. So I think you're going to see Cincinnati control the game early and, uh, and try to jump on the Raiders where they have to play catch up, where they kind of know that the Raiders may not be able to do it in that game. So I'd look for Burrow to throw the ball around uh, to, to Higgins to Boyd, maybe to Uzama up the middle of the field, um, try to, to loosen up the defense a little, maybe hit a big shot to Chase
2: early in that game. So that would be the things. I, okay, I, so, I, so this, this, is my, this is my counter, right? This is my counter. And uh, if one of you guys can pull up the spreadsheet so we can see what our picks were, so we can get into some money-making for the people. So you just talked about Burrow and Chase. This is going to be what we talked about, Jim and I talked about last year. And we made ourselves and people the money with JPP coming off like a man coming off the edge. So you see Burrow. You Got the eyes in the backfield here. Eyes in the backfield here. They're reading him, right? So you guys were talking about Burrow's confidence. This is Burrow against readers less confidence than he'll have now. Uh, Jamar Chase, right? Chad actually worked out with him. I think Jamar Chase is Megatron 2.0 when he wants to play. So on this play, right, boom, Ban Max acts like a wild man coming off that edge, right? So 71 is going to have to play some football. Maybe they're going to chip him. He does a nice little spin move, Mm -hmm. and it's going to come. Now, he's not going to play every play. He's just going to come in on big downs and on the other side of the field. They're around midfield. They want to keep math fresh. Is 71 going to handle them one-on-one? I doubt it. I think they're going to be a trip. Now, look at this. Look at 34. What kind of a block is that, man? You can't do that. You can't do that in the playoffs. That's what makes the playoffs a little different is that you have more attention to detail. 34 either is not going to be on the field. No, he won't. He's not going to miss a block like that. Lazy block. After he's gone, he tries to hit him in the head, right? So what happens here? Burrow, who's not Tom Brady, Tom Brady hits his pass. Why? Because he's calm. He's relaxed. He rushes the throw and chases wide open. So, again, this is the playoffs. This is not going to happen again. 24 is not going to get beat like that, like he got after. He'll be up here somewhere, right? They're not going to In the playoffs, you're going to play more conservative. You're not going to let that happen. So what Scott said, I don't think it's happening. they are going to shut him down. they are going to have to go to the tight end. Keep the game low. So I'm going going Raiders plus six under the total. What is it now?
1: Five and a half. I just saw that a moment ago at DraftKings. Now that could be somewhere else. You get different lines, different plays. That's a five and a half.
2: Yeah, yeah, we'll look at the different. What, what do you guys got
0: to say about my analysis on that? So, so here, here's what I would say. Okay, two two points I would say. Number one is Cincinnati Burrow is a totally different quarterback than he was at that at that time yeah, right. during the season. And number two is I've gone on the premise the last four four to six weeks is that guys coming off the COVID list tend to either have their play cut or they struggle, and mixing. Has had a week off the COVID list, but how is he going to perform in this game? Off of that, Tyreek didn't have a good. Well, the mental part of it, right? Because yeah, that's
2: that's. uh, You know, you won't hear the Terry Bradshaw won't say this, but Nixon has substance of use problems. He has cocaine issues, so now his body, his immune system, a little bit more compromised. Yeah. Than um, mine would be. So that that'd be
0: my interesting thing, and the one thing.
2: all hyped up, maybe, you know. And and
0: the one interesting thing I saw in this box score in that game is Mixon did not have a target or a catch in that game. And that, that was strange in that game that he did not have. And Jim can talk to that a little bit more, but that was strange to me that he didn't even have a target in the game against the Raiders last time. It,
1: it was a very weird game. The score was 32-13, but it was close. Late yeah. third quarter, the game was within a score. And then there were some turnovers and then Mixon ran a lot late in the game, but um, they, they did for whatever reason. And the Raiders are very easy to target. Actually, if you guys don't mind, I just want to give one minute. Just give me my Bengals uh, side of the ball so you guys can chime in and and try to break this up a little bit. So, first of all, in the last two games of the season, the Bengals changed their identity. They were a run first team all season. And then all of a sudden, they put the ball in Burrow's hands. And Burrow, we saw his confidence completely change. His knee is good now because you could tell in the pocket. He is making unblocked defenders miss. He was unable to do that earlier in the season. It's something that he was able to do even back to his collegiate days, to my knowledge, to make people miss. And he's doing that again. And what's happening is that is buying a little extra time in the pocket because he's shaking off the sacks. Now the Raiders, the second half of the season, they become more of a pass funnel defense. Their second half of the season, DVOA against the run, they were fourth but 21st against the pass. Now, we talked earlier about Max Crosby, and Chad gave some great insight with that as well. Understand, he has a bigger advantage than usual. In the first matchup, he was facing Riley Reef. Reef is on the injured reserve, and they have a backup right tackle, Isaiah Prince, going against him. Now, for the Bengals, so avoiding obvious passing down is going to be critical here. Now, the other corner, other um, tackle, Jonah Williams has actually been good this year. He's been hurt most of his career. In Gakwe, his pass pressure rate has slipped as the season goes on. I think that side's fine. It's all about Crosby. Last couple things, and I'll pipe down. John no, I mean, said,
2: I, I, "I own the podcast. I, I own the microphone. You can talk
1: as much <laughs> as you want." So,
2: Remember Josh, hey, you, I very, own the
1: microphone, man. you very, you very astutely. You very (laughs) astutely pointed out, Josh, that they're going to try to take Chase away. They do play a cover three, and they do try to limit over-the-top plays. And after having seen Chase firsthand, that play you showed specifically, they can't let that happen. But the good news for the Raiders, I'm sorry, for the Bengals, is that T Higgins will see lesser coverage and he has been a beast at winning 50 50 balls. He, he's a big body. He can use at both the intermediate level and the short level. And as Scott mentioned earlier, the Raiders do give a production in the middle of the field. So they can at times Boyd or Uzama, as you said, correct there now the Raiders had a very big injury last week because there is going to be some running. I don't think to the level of the last time Darius Phylon, their right defensive tackle. He not only was a good run stopper, but he had a, like a, um, a very good pressure rate for a defensive tackle. He, he hurt himself in that chargers game. He's on the injured reserve. It's a massive loss. Now Scott mentioned, they didn't throw to Mixon but the Raiders have a significant weakness in stopping receiving running backs. And if the Raiders pass rush starts to get home, that is also an outlet that the Raiders struggle against. Now, um, uh, Josh, I believe you mentioned Mixon could coming back off the COVID and having substance abuse, potential issues. That could be a problem. And, um, but the the anxiety, right. I, I pretend like I, uh, I'm a psychotherapist,
2: but my wife, Anna, actually is. 17 years as a psychotherapist. So it's the whole thing about it. It's anxiety is the whole reason he does coke to begin with. And this is a playoff game, right? We always remember, I'm dating myself, but uh, Stanley Wilson, former Stanley Wilson. Uh, Cincinnati running back, uh, also coke addict in Tampa uh, before the Super Bowl, right? He had a lot of anxiety, a uh, Barrett before the Raiders Super Bowl so I'm I'm saying his mental approach yes to to what to what is going on
1: my last thing I'll mention I've done with the Bengals is we mentioned they could use Mixon as a receiver against a team that struggles the Bengals over the course of the season were one of the league leaders in screen usage so it's in their arsenal to do so that's my breakdown of the Bengals size if you guys have questions or comments feel free to fire away
0: so, so what do you think Cincinnati's game plan coming out is? Do you think they're going to throw the ball more on first down than run it? Or
1: They're a home team, so with the cold weather, it's not like it's going to be in Buffalo. It's not going to be sub-zero. I don't right. think – Chad, the ball won't be a rock when it's 32 degrees out, right? Yeah, not like zero. it It'll Yes. Yeah, it'll be significantly different for sure. So that's huge. So I do believe at home – I believe the identity they showed the last two weeks, this is the identity they – really put down on some good teams and I, yeah. I think they had to have had a you know come to Jesus moment so my thought is they do come out passing the ball not bombs away they're not going to let him get hit a ton they're going to use a short to intermediate game because that is a fundamental struggle of the Raiders the run will be mixed but unlike the first game I personally believe this is a heavier pass volume game does that answer the question
0: yeah yeah it certainly does it certainly does
1: Right. Sure. Yeah, so, go ahead. Go ahead,
0: Chad.
3: So it sounds like you're, maybe T. Higgins' receptions y- or over, yards over might be some good prop plays, possibly.
1: Yes. T. Higgins, the most recent one I saw was 65 and a half yards and five and a half receptions. I do believe that this is the quote unquote T. Higgins game because they don't have Casey Hayward more likely will see more of Jamar Chase. But even if Higgins does see Hayward, the way that Higgins uses his body, it always presents a clean target for Burrow. So I do think that, and it's going to be intermediate stuff. So I yeah. do think those are very high on my list of two. The two biggest Bengals plays are probably those.
3: Yeah, and that zone, that cover three is weak. You know, digs, curls. I mean, that's that's where you know you're gonna you're gonna take Jamar, Chase over the top. The corner and safety are both gonna be running with him, and Higgins in the middle of that zone. I think that's a. I like that. I'm gonna be looking at that heavy.
0: Yeah, and the other thing is Chase. The other thing in the box was Chase only caught three balls for 32 yards last time, but he did have a touchdown. But he caught his touchdown, I think, in the fourth quarter, somewhere in the middle to late fourth quarter. So, Um, so the Raiders did a good job on Chase. It was Higgins, Boyd, and Mixon's running. I think that that really, really hit them hard in that game. Yeah.
3: All
2: right. So we'll close this this game down on this point, and then we'll, we'll make sure we have final picks. Chad, right? If you can explain to them, Chad's a disciple of podcasts. You heard this last year, right? Uh, Chad, if we can explain when I say corporate governance, what do I mean by that? And how do we make money doing that with this 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 element in sports betting?
3: Um, just like you know, who's running a team anywhere from like head coach up to general manager to owner. Mostly the head coach, I'd say, is the, the backs we look at the most, but sometimes we look at ownership, um, you know, don't want, we're not wanting to pay for backups and things like that.
2: Right. So uh, if you watch the uh, Georgia-Alabama game, we played the video in the last podcast. That win was worth $25 million to uh, Kirby Smart. And Kirby Smart is smart. He's a member of Mensa. Smart guy made twenty-five million dollars playing the 4-2-5 defense, which is going to be played in the next game. How much money is this game worth to Gus Bradley? So, corporate governance. Look, because there's big fight in finance between technical analysis and fundamental analysis. Fundamental analysis has gotten people rich. The other thing that's gotten people rich is taking advantage of market inefficiencies. So since we've been watching football for 140 years and right, we have seen this movie before, we can nail or see where there's a market inefficiency, right? So on the 2005 John Gruden staff, Gus Bradley was on that staff. So it was, there were water boys over there, McVeigh and Zach Taylor. So, Gus Bradley has a strategic advantage in this football game because he just, specific is terrific, my, my clients will hear me say, because Gus Bradley just has to focus on defense. Rich Spisachia was the special teams coordinator, on that 2005 Tampa Bay coaching staff. Tampa, right? University of South Florida, Tampa. He wanted a nice $3 million college job as head coach in Tampa. Zach Taylor is the quarterback coach, offensive coordinator, and the head coach. So think about all the stuff all the pressure he has on. And again, people say, oh, Josh, you're being conspiratorial. Well, listen, the money's just as green. With my crazy Taylor Green conspiracy theories, uh, the Brown family is cheap. That's why the man's doing fifteen jobs. Uh, they don't want to pay for uh, road travel costs, and travel costs are not higher because of COVID. So, with all that being said, I'm going Raiders. Uh, now, when you got, if you you could have gotten the Raiders on the 50th if you listen to the podcast, because there's three times you place bets, you place stuff right away, like I want to say, you place us now because some things, some light went on, and then half hour before kickoff, before it goes crazy. Uh, so I got the Raiders, and I don't think we uh, we didn't fight over that one. I think we were all in agreement. Raiders, plus six. Right now it's a 48 and a half. that were listening to the podcast, but bookmakers, so it's at 48 right now. i will still thinking under 48. I look at it's either going to be 13-10 Raiders or 16-13 Bengals. What do you guys say uh, before we go to the next game?
1: How about Jim first. You know, I'm the worst of predictions. I can tell you how the teams match up. Uh, you guys are the betters. I'm not so good there. Um, I like the under. I definitely have the under on it but i got swayed on the rest in the weather and a couple other factors we didn't talk about the Raiders side but i had some factors there i do say the bengals minus five but when you guys are listening winners and losers you guys are listening to those three don't listen to me on the winners listen to me on the props <laughs> what are the props what props do you like I'm the, yeah. So the fantasy guy, yeah, the props. So like we talked about, Chad, T. Higgins over 65 and a half yards and over five and a half receptions. Darren Wallers just went up. I got it at four and a half receptions first, and then it went to five and a half. So, but it's still a very strong number. Cincinnati's horrible against tight ends. And then Jamar Chase under 69 and a half yards. He has a lot of games under. We talked about the cover three. That's in play. Right. Hunter Renfro under 56 and a half yards because Waller is going to eat in the middle of the field. There's not room for both of them. Zay Jones under 43 and a half yards. Chidobe Awuze has a PFF grade of 84, which is amazing. He's had a great season. I think he spends a lot of time on Jones. And then um, Joe Burrow over nine and a half rushing yards. If he's been running judiciously, not a ton, but with the way the Raiders bring the rush, there are going to be some gaps and runs. Right? Those are the, the props I like. Nice. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to change
0: my pick. I'm going to go with Cincinnati in this game. I think Cincinnati can, can win this by a touchdown. Um, I think they can jump on the Raiders early. I think the Raiders' cold-weather struggles. I think they will not be able to run the ball as effectively as they have in the past. Um, Cincinnati's a sneaky defense against the run. So I'm gonna change it to Cincinnati. Um, I'm gonna stay the under, but I'm gonna change it to Cincinnati. I think Cincinnati can win this game by by maybe 10 points. So that's okay. I'm,
2: what all right. Is. Uh Chad, what are your thoughts? Man, you know,
3: I, I love the under here. The side is definitely a little more controversial, I think. But you know, I, I I like the Bengals to win this game for sure. I like the Bengals to win this game. I think that, you know they win it by you know, three, you know, three or four, you know, it's a playoff game. You know, the the to me, it's gonna come down to um right the matchup, you know, is is the pass rush for the for the Raiders gonna be able to get home. Um, you know, right. as a DB, when I easy. know I have a weaker O line and I know my pass rush is getting home, I can be more aggressive because I know, hey, I can get hands on this guy off the line. I can get, in, you know, I only got to cover for three seconds here. Um you know, so the Raiders aren't particularly deep at defensive back, um, but maybe they can play with a the confidence there if that pass rush is getting home and do just enough to make the Raiders cover this one. So I'm going to stick with the Raiders and the under. Those are going to be my picks. And the right. first quarter,
0: first quarter in this game is is really important for Cincinnati. They need to jump early on the Raiders to get Ready. to gain major confidence in what they're doing. So.
2: Right. One of the surprises, right? People always surprise you. People love the consensus pick. You know, I'm like, oh, so you want to see what I pick? No, 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 Josh. I want to know what the consensus is. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, Supreme Court has seven. Appellate courts have three judges. So this is an appellate decision. So the appellate court majority decision is your Raiders' Uh, let me see where they are now. Hey, Josh,
0: when they say that to you, right? Do you say it to them? But I got some, and they're like, "Nope, forget it. Don't want yeah, exactly. to listen." Yeah, exactly. That's where
2: like... they
1: are. No, no, Josh, thanks, man. man. Well, Josh <laughs> is looking that up. I just, I quickly want to just do a little more information dump while Josh is looking up for the Raiders. Derek Carr over the course of the season. He was much less effective versus zone than man, but since he does play a lot of zone, so that doesn't suit up to his strengths necessarily. And then I mentioned earlier with the props that the tight end coverage has been horrible for them. So Darren Waller, if he's fully healthy, because he caught two of nine targets for 22 yards me last me week. You. Say that again? He looked physically, he looked good. To me. Yeah, so I expect him to be fully backer, so I do love his over. But Josh, did you find what you are looking for?
2: Yes, I did. So two points before we go to another game. And, uh, and I'll show uh, some video to preview the next game. Uh, shop around. You know, sometimes go to Costco. Sometimes go to Target. Sometimes go to the grocery store. Uh, ben GM has it at 5.5. Caesars 5.5. You can buy the half point, get it to 6. FanDuel has it 4.5 uh draft five and a half points bet five and a half so shop around because if you agree with scott right fame duel is a market inefficiency mm-hmm. so another we re- the uh, people who tell you lead pipe lock they're lying to you there's no such thing the highest point of probability is 80 percent right oh i'm gonna pick up my kid from school every day yeah you have a busted tire, it's an in school day, it's locked down because of COVID, and it ends up being 77% of the time you picked up your kids from school. It wasn't 100% of the time. But what makes the under very attractive, is, as is Brett Musburger has said many times on the broadcasters, I love to hear, is that the Raiders are the worst team in the league in the red zone. So if Mariota is going to come in and be on fire, which plus one which we're going to show in a second, plus one, what plus one is. And it's a play that nobody stopped. It won uh, Tim Tebow the Heisman Trophy, right? It won him that, plus one. So Mariota comes in for plus one. Uh, And Jim wanted it queued up. Uh, So our consensus pick is Raider plus six, and the, and take whatever the under is. Even if it's 48, yep. go ahead and take it. Hey,
1: Jim, what was your um, Zay Jones prop that you said? 43 and a half, and – he, so he's been getting decent yardage, but he's going to see a lot of Chidobie Awuzie. Again, Awuzie has like 84 pass grade at PFF. He's been an outstanding corner this year. And he will see – because basically Brian Edwards, are, if they're going to roll him, they're not going to roll into Brian Edwards. He just doesn't get any targets. But Jones has been the guy, and I just don't see it here. And also so – like He like his under, right? Under, yes. Under 43-and-a-half. Yeah. I think he puts 25 yards up, and that's a good day right now. Yeah. The zone is going to hurt him, too. He does better in man.
2: Yep. Yeah. All right. So I'm going to queue it up here. Actually, it won't take long. I think this is pretty good. Uh,
1: you know, while Josh is queuing, I'm the fantasy guy, so we're talking props. And just like you guys, it's probability. We'll give you probabilities like you guys are doing it's the same thing. It doesn't always hit, but the probabilities are that we set up a late, the good groundwork, even the reason why, it connects more than we need. Right. And,
2: and you got to use your business mind when you're doing this because it's money. And you have to have a high level of... Probability, right? So that's where uh, plus one comes in, and uh, pop quiz for Scott, right? Who was was the uh, receivers coach in the 2005? Oh, Super goodness. Bowl or Billy Belichick. Oh, the receiver's coach?
0: Brian, was it Brian Dabo?
2: There you go, Brian nice. Dayball. He's now the <laughs> offensive of coordinator. Jim, we've or already Dr- gone
0: over this. Before.
2: <laughs> it's all right. <laughs> I, you know what? It's new to me. So I'm impressed. Right. <laughs> uh. All right. So we're going to go plus one, right? And uh, Jackie correct me. So what plus one is, is what one Tim Tebow. The and I think it's going to be the key to this game because the Bill Belichick defense does not account for the quarterback. It's a four-two-five defense, so you have one, two, three, four, five defensive linemen, two linebacker types. You have a safety here deep, right? One shell safety, and these guys either could be zone or man press. So either zone or man press confuses young quarterbacks. That's why Billy Billy has 100% winning percentage against young quarterbacks in their first year rookie quarterbacks. Except for Davis Mills.
1: Hours. Except for Davis Mills. <laughs> Davis Mills. It, they didn't win. They. <laughs> I think they won. I, I do think they won. but <laughs> yeah, Barely. Oh, <laughs> they they almost
2: yeah, if we would have won, it, they, that's yes. <laughs> a crazy situation for another day, but <laughs> they were supposed <laughs> to be tanking in the fire. Like, I don't know. All right, so plus one. So there's more blockers than they are. So here's the point, all right? This guy's watching him. And Shaq could talk about this because he works out with Josh Allen. I think this is too much space, right? And Josh Allen should every time, health permitting, be able to shake the watcher, all right? So here he looks at the watcher. And he throws it for uh, some one-on-one coverage. The under, right? So it's going to be a low-scoring game. Here's, here's uh, formation. We'll t- this is your 22 personnel, huh? We got two tight ends. Yeah. Double they tight got end, two back. back. That's yeah. it. Fullback. And Jim has some points about this. We'll watch it. Quarterback sneak, man. Boy, the Patriots love quarterback sneak. It's to be Tom Brady. Your fullback again, 22 personnel. We're going to see a lot of this, but look at this. We have three linebackers. This is a stacked box here, and this is what we grew up with, right? The the Raiders, you know what we're going to do, but F you. We got this big, huge, uh, 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 you know, not Natron means, right, for something for Chad when he was a kid watching those chargers. Natron means mean fullback, and we're going to give it to the running back. and We don't care. We're going to run it anyways. Boom, kind of fake, right? This guy came out this side. Isaiah Wynn, Liquid High, where I graduated from. This is the play that interests us right here. And Isaiah Wynn's going to miss this game. He's out. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Liquid High is yep. going to miss this game. That's yep. a huge That's yeah, a huge, huge loss. For, not, as as Trent,
1: not as bad as Trent Brown would be, but yes, it's a big loss. It's it, a big it's loss.
2: Because he has a Main Street Southern guy. Uh, the, it
1: means more to him than a pick. <clears throat> So, so when we are showing these, Josh, in that right. second game, when the Patriots re- rematched the Bills, the Bills took their linebackers and they basically put them right up to the backs of the defensive linemen. It was one of the tightest formations. You, the, the Bills don't do that. They sold out. And what happened was that game went on. Josh McDaniels started doing more toss sweeps getting players to the outside because they so overcompensated to stop that middle I thought that was really interesting but having tipped that hand I do expect their Josh McDaniels is going to use more play action here now they have used John Newsmith very lightly this year this would be a good week to include him Hunter Henry is going to be a factor in the passing game though because you know Hunter the- Henry yeah, but I think it would be wise to also get John Newsmith and use him on jet sweeps. Because when they have everything packed in, so I, I'm looking, I'm not making this big you know spiel about John Newsmith's to have a huge game, but I think if they choose to use him, he can be a factor. But that's right. gonna be important. So, but we saw the bills went against their grain and they sold out right. the stop door. They don't do that. They probably do that here. Mac Jones as the season has gone on he is showing that he's not quite ready for primetime. Right. Now,
0: and, that, and, that's the thing, and that's the thing that leads me to, to think Buffalo is going to win this game because um, I think they're going to sell out again. I think they're going to say to Mac Jones, you need to beat us. And I, I don't uh, piggybacking on what Jim just said. I don't think he's ready to beat them. Whether, the weather's not going to be ideal, obviously. It's not going to be raining and, and as windy and stuff as last time. But I do think that Mac Jones is go, is going to have to make two or three plays in this game for the Patriots to win, and I just don't think he's going to be able to do it because I think Buffalo is going to solve to stop the run again. And keep in mind, not only is Winnow but Damian Harris has a hamstring injury that has not healed, and in cold weather, that thing could get tight at any time in the game. So that that could be a big loss for them as well. They have Stevenson in the back of them, but. If Harris has to leave the game and not come back in for any reason at all, that could be a huge loss for them, too. So
2: all right. So to go, Lee Corso taking it. Not so fast. <laughs> so we'll go back and not being religious here. I'm just making a point. Uh from the Andy Reed tree, right? McDermott, both known for blowing advantages and strategic advantages in playoff games. Now one thing, is McDermott going to have his team so tight? Because in that that they, they blew a gap in the first two <coughs> boom touchdown game was over. Bad weather game. So is he going to have his people too tight? Now in the Bible there was this part in the New Testament where you know some deep ends came up on a guy. He's like I rebuke you in the name of Jesus and they started laughing at him. He's like, I, I rebuke it in the name of Paul. and started laughing at him. And the demons go, we know who Paul is. We know who Jesus are. Who are you? <laughs> I know who Andy Reid is. He won a Super Bowl. Da, da, da. I don't know who McDermott is. I just know that he's blown playoff game after playoff game. Now, the conspiratorial part of it is, is that Kim Pagula paid $750 million for a new stadium. They want the good people upstate. New York in the middle of a pandemic, no more stimulus. Everything's going to have to run out its own to pony up $750 million and get the paying part of the taxes too, because you live in upstate New York for a new stadium. So that means to me, remember, the NFL is uh, like the WWE from a tax and legal perspective an entertainment company. So that means that it's not, it might be immoral, immoral, might be unethical, but it's not illegal for a referee to make a wrong call so the league makes more money and builds a stadium. Remember, the NFL is an entertainment and commercial real estate company. Keep in mind, as we watch the famous, uh, it'll be 30-30, Josh Allen incomplete, lit flag, illegal contact, Darren McCordy, five-yard penalty, automatic first down, and you will think of me. All right, so that's a factor there. Then we go to my favorite play, right? Irvine Meyer loves this play. It's your good old plus one. So what does plus one mean? And check in, check me, because he's he's uh, he's the expert, right? Three receivers, top, right? High safety again. Oh my god, we've seen this movie again. You're going to have more blockers than the Frienders. So you have one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. You have one, two, three, four, five, maybe six. He's going to block there. So you have seven against six. Josh Allen makes it plus one. Remember, Bill Belichick has won seven Super Bowls, Peter Carroll has won three national titles in a Super Bowl. So they don't account for the quarterback. And Nick Satan says, the only guy who's ever beat me running was Johnny Manziel. So you got Belichie, 14, 14 Super Bowls, national titles, plus Pete Carroll, three. That makes it 17 and eight Super Bowls because not accounting for the quarterback. So they're just saying, Josh Allen cannot beat me with his feet. But he did this time with design runs, Right, so plus one. So, hey, okay, this will be relevant in the Pittsburgh game that we'll talk about because uh, Scott astutely pointed out that Ben-Ben can't throw. So this is RPO. So we're going to come up with a bunch of plays for Big Ben that are five yards or less playing in a phone booth. If we're going to play the game in half, we're going to run clock and keep Mahomes with his butt on the sidelines. So here we go.
1: Did they pay attention
2: to the play-action pass? It kind of seems like they did. Did they take a step? All right, let's see.
1: You know, Ben, can do the quick kick. The people do the quick kick on third-down punt the ball. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> it's a joke. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Believe me, we'll see it. Pin them deep. So here's your plus one, right? Again, you have one, two, three, four. against one, two, three, four, five, six. You could only say plus two, and plus one, all Right, So there we go, flash pass. Boom, look at that opening. Oh, nice block now. This is a design, right? Because they're blocking. See, this is all by design. You got man, people matching up here. It's you know, kind of nice and pretty matching up. This guy is a dummy. dummy route. Dummy route is making a fool of this guy making him run out of them while the other guy has the ball, right? Or if you want to be more politically correct, they used to say A nicer coach used to call this an entertainment route, where you're entertaining this guy. <laughs> Keep him away from this guy here.
1: So here we go. While you but show that, can on, I drag, I drag Chad into this for a minute? Yeah. So, Chad, going into this game, I want you to talk about some concerns. So, first of all, we're looking at near zero taps. Sub zero wind chills. Now, Stefan Diggs openly complained to Josh Allen about putting too much sauce on the ball when it's cold. Yep. This is going to be way colder than anything they've had this year. And they- Chad I- explained that, about that to me as well. So, <laughs> so, Chad, I'm going to frame this whole thing out for you, That I want you to speak to it. So, I fully expect Bill Belichick to play tight man coverage to force Allen to use his big arm to power the ball into those windows, knowing the receivers don't like it. That said, what are your thoughts on that? Now, Allen's going to run for a ton. We get that, but what are your thoughts on the weather, the cold, the ball and the sauce on it?
3: Yeah. You know, that's like, it's always, that's always a thing with big arm guys, you know, um, sometimes just like on those slant routes, you know, I was like, you know, like, you know, the best quarterbacks throw a really catchable ball. And sometimes when you put too much, you know, you got to find that fine line of just enough velocity to get it there, but make it as catchable as possible. You know, if you put too much on it, you know, throw it all hard, you know, it, it does. It, it It can make it a lot harder. And and it doesn't give us time for an adjustment. If you put it on my back hip and you throw a freaking bullet, I can't flip my hips and adjust to it. Take a little bit off it, I can easily adjust and make the catch. Um, right. You know, so it's just... I mean that's that's gonna be yeah I mean Stephon Diggs I don't know in man coverage he can probably win and get enough separation at some stuff where he doesn't have to get but yeah I mean it's tough when uh, there's a tight window and you got to drive a ball and it's that cold I mean it it's a whole it adds a whole another element of uh you know being able to uh to to hold make that catch and hold on to it and you know Josh Allen I mean hopefully it's not like a issue with them you know it's not like a pride thing like oh just gotta catch the ball man. I'm throwing it. You know, hopefully he, he's um, you know adjusting to that, and and they've been you know been been, been you know been working on that because yeah, that is with the with I mean you, with those big arm guys, uh, you know you see that you know a, a lot on the digs and the slants. Like man, you got to take some off that. No, nobody can catch that shit. You're throwing it way too hard. So um, that in the temperatures, yeah, I mean it's it's definitely going to be a factor, and interesting to see um, the adjustments that they've made.
1: Thank you.
2: Right on. right
0: on. So, so piggy- piggybacking man. off that, let me let me ask you, Jim. Do you think he he goes away a little from Diggs and maybe to like a Gabriel Davis, or do you think he's
1: he's going to stick with him? No, I I don't think he personally goes away from him. I think if it's an issue for Diggs, it's an issue for the other receivers as well. And if he's going to throw the ball, Diggs is an elite receiver. But if Diggs is having difficulties, then you know Sanders, Beasley, and Davis are going to have those same issues. Yeah. Whereas they don't get the separation that Diggs has. So Chad brought that up, again, very well. Even though J.C. Jackson will be on Diggs, Diggs will still get some separation because he is elite. But no, I don't think Josh Allen goes away. But I think the point I wanted to make was if Allen's going to throw the ball in tight man coverage with the ball is going to be a rock, this could be a problem. Now, Josh Allen in cold weather games, um, his whatever his completion percentage is, it's always been worth like 50% passer in very cold temperatures.
0: Yep, yep.
1: Yeah,
2: Uh, John, would you – I remember watching Josh Allen from the Wyoming Dicks. And what his value is, is that he's a gamer. It's the intangible stuff like that. Uh, I agree with Jim as far as an intellectual standpoint. So as far as picks are concerned, um, I think... Well, well, well I got
3: Josh. Yeah. Let me add one more thing, too. Another thing, too, about, about, like, you know, throwing that ball with less velocity, it allows the receiver to turn into a running back quicker. You know, that Debo Samuel. If I know, like, my quarterback's putting that shit nice velocity a- accurate ball it's catchable i'm not having to take that extra quarter point two three four seconds to really like look in this rocket of a pass that's a little you know that's hard as a rock boom and then turn into the runner you know it can allow for more big plays too you know where, where you just catch it and go um you know that, that that's a big factor to that you know yards after catch that's probably the number one factor i'd say
2: Right, so I'm going corporate governance, right? Patriots plus four, uh, under 44. I think it's going to be Slugfest. Uh, Slugfest Saturday, these two games that I see. Uh, We agreed on the under 44, but there was a dispute on the side. And Chad and Jim are going to collaborate to break the tie and come up with a
1: consensus pick. Go
2: ahead, Chad. I'll chime
3: in last. Yeah. So I, uh, man, I, I, I've I'm going with the bills here. Um, you know, I just, I just think that they're going to be able to do just enough to win this game by a touchdown. Uh, I just think they just are a more complete team on both ends. Um, I just think they have a little bit more and, you know, the corporate governance edge, you know, does go to Belichick, but I think, you know, McDermott can do enough, um, you know, that home crowd, that Bills Mafia is going to be going crazy. I think they can feed off that energy and do enough here to cover this one. So I'm uh, I'm, I'm, I'm loving this under 44, and I'm, I'm going to rock
2: with the Bills minus four. Now, we always agree. So when we always agree with the speed, I always tell people to bet double on what we agree on.
1: <laughs> and, and I'll make it four for four on the under. I'm a 100% on that as well don't see it going over in too many scenarios. Obviously, there's never 100% anything. We know 80% is about what we're hoping for probability-wise. Now, I did take the Patriots plus the four. I do believe that Allen's going to make some mistakes due to the cold and the receiver issues. I do believe the Patriots, what they showed in the second half of that last meeting, they can make some creative plays if the Bills put that hyper-stack where the linebackers are on the backs of the DBs. I think there's going to be some misdirection. I think they're going to make a big adjustment here that's going to keep them close in the game, but I do the Bills over the pass cover. Do you want some props? Sure. Yeah, it, one one little detail.
2: It's the same thing for Kingsbury. When and it was and if people can go back and watch it, it was a Monday night game. When they panned to Belichick laughing at the Bills because they had screwed up that game, they should have won. And literally, I've never seen Belichick so happy. They panned up to McDermott, and McDermott was cursing out his assistants. Right? He was not taking responsibility. Again, Monday night, Kirby Smart, it was $25 million. Believe me, the, the Bills assistants don't like people getting in their faces and hanging them out to drive in front of Kim Pagula. Now, do I think the Bills are going to win? Yes. Do I think they're going to cover four points? No, because I think that's going to be a factor. I think that these Bills assistants... Because the Pagulas are so cheap, can get more money being college coaches. So, big corporate governance advantage for the bills. Go ahead, hit me with those props.
1: Okay, so Josh Allen under 243 and a half yards. That plays with the under of the game, the fact he's going to run for yards, which goes to the next prop. Now, the initial prop I had was Josh Allen over 39 and a half yards. That already went up to 44 and a half. I'm still fine there. I think it's a 65 to 70 yard rushing gain for him here. Devin Singletary under 64 and a half rush yards. He has stepped up well lately, but the Patriots are very solid against the run. And if Singletary is the regular running back the the Patriots are going to treat him that way and I don't see him breaking big any long runs here. Um, I'm waiting on I haven't seen a prop yet on Steph Diggs receptions but if there is a number of six I would say he gets more I don't know what the yards be but I haven't seen a posted prop for that yet last one Jacoby Myers longest reception under 19 and a half yards.
2: Nice. Nice. Uh, Jacoby Myers, man, I was thinking that's a, that's some sort of law firm. <laughs>
1: Dewey, him and how? That's the, that's the law firm. <laughs>
2: <laughs> love it, love it. Uh, anything else on this
3: game, Scott? What are you? What's your side on this? Buffalo,
2: Buffalo. Okay, Buffalo. so I'm not about myself. Breaking the tie. I'm I'm Bill Belichick. It could could
0: this be the first time you're pro Bell Bella
2: cheat?
3: Hey, no, I've seen the line up to five time. too. I'm seeing I'm seeing it that it's up to
2: five minus five Bills, minus five Bills. Yeah, so uh, right see that bet again. I already bet this game. Yep. Jim, right, I saw
0: man. I saw a digs reception six.
1: It, and that's you, I I do think he gets eight catches here. I don't think the yardage is overly great, but I do think it is separation. He is the one who's going to get the ball because he will get separation. I don't think the other guys are going to see much separation in this game. Okay,
2: All right.
1: So uh, you got the consensus picks. You got the props. and We all love the under. I think that's a that's great that we all love the under on this.
2: We all love the under. So let's say I'm betting $1,000 but it Two thousand dollars on the under, and put five hundred bucks on the side, and then put a hundred bucks on all the props. And we anticipate uh, at an eighty percent because you got to remember this percentage, 52.5% is percentages. Fifty-two point five percent is break even. So let's say I'm not going to do it because I don't trust uh, McDermott and his leadership uh, abilities. As a football coach. Uh, But I could put $1,000, $2,000 on the under, $1,000 on the bills money line, and $1,000 plus five bills. And if I hit two out of three, that's 66%. You can check me if I'm right, Jim. But 66% is higher than 52.5%. Which means yes, I made money on the game, highest and best use of my time, and I had fun watching. Right, money,
1: money, money.
2: No, I I like Bill Belichick. Right, I told you the story about a, I don't know, you know, I opened up the fence for him. He was wearing a hoodie. 2009. 100 degree heat, ninety uh, percent humidity. Jimmy Leavitt, I'm the tutor for the football team. Jimmy Leavitt. One of those guys, old school guys, right? Jim and I and Scott understand. He threw these keys at me. He hurt me. I'm like, where's this guy? From? So when he was mean, that means he was doing something nice. Uh, he's like, go, go get a bunch of water and go open up the uh, the fence of so JPP and Nate Allen to practice. I go up there and there's Bill Belichie in a hoodie and shorts on. And I don't even say hi, or I'm like, man, take that hoodie off You're crazy. You're going to be dehydrated. He looked at me like I was crazy. And he took the hoodie off. That's my built <clears throat> up <throat> story. So we're going to look at the Tampa Bay screen game. I'm going to find it as Jim previews the game, but I think this is going to be important. So Chad, again, can look at this as he looks at his college basketball sports. We'll get the picks for tomorrow. Uh, you got two up here. Kind of a wider split than we saw the other teams do. You got Litter for net here. He's the only one that's going to get the ball. You have here. And then you have Gronk. See, and what I like about this really is the Lloyd Carr offense from Michigan. Brady used to play there. Uh, Brady has a third of the offense. I think he's going to have even more. Bright left wish interviewing for the Jacksonville job. His head isn't in there, but Super Bowl winning offensive coordinator won two Super Bowls. Said, offensive coordinator Arians will be able to pick up the slack and co-offensive coordinator Tom Brady. So on this play, Gronk lines up like he's going to block. All right? Lining up like he's going to block. Snap, boom, he takes off. Wide open. Against those Panthers. So I think you're going to see a lot of that as I look for that screenplay to Fournette. Uh, preview of this game for us, Joe. All
1: right, so I'll start with the Bucs side since that's where we had, and then you can you hit me up for the Eagles side afterwards. So right. first of all, Leonard Fournette right now is considered a game-time decision. We assumed he was going to play. That's going to be big here because the screen game is predicated largely Fournette was getting six to eight passes catches a game right. before he got hurt anyway the eagles are very weak at linebacker now i do believe the bucks are going to attack them running back out of the backfield if Fournette's there. you mentioned Gronk, a big attack spot and the slot although it's tyler johnson who hasn't done much but he has gotten a few catches i think they're going to attack there we're looking at 18 mile an hour wins in this game so that short game is going to be very important. Now Philly in the second half of the season was 26 and past DVOA. So they really fell off as the season went on. Now the Bucks, if they have four net, this isn't the Eagles shutdown run defense of years ago. So they can have success on the ground. Now here's what I want to point out. The Eagles have had a very good pressure rate the all, all season. They've done it largely without blitzing, but the Buccaneers line is elite. I don't think there's a single advantage for the eagles against the bucks line so i don't think especially since they don't blitz brady's going to be clean in this game now the one thing i don't like for the bucks after last year's buy on the super bowl run they turned up the the switch on play action they were using it heavily they've ignored it this year they never made a switch that could be critical to their postseason run, but the fact they haven't gone back to it, that gets me very nervous. Last thing we noticed in the first meeting, different teams, but we always see this. The Patriots, this not Patriots, I keep saying the Patriots about, about Brady. The Bucks yeah. take their foot off the gas when they have a lead late in games and they let opponents back. That's my buck side. Any questions or comments for me? Well.
2: Two things, right? thought I break, break down this game, I'm very excited about the breakdown of this game. Uh, I lived in Tampa for 20 years. So I've made a lot of money. Chad's made a lot of money. He knows this. He's been listening to my a couple of years. Yeah, he knows where I'm going. Where am I going with this, Chad? Uh, we-
3: probably weather, right?
2: <laughs> there you go. <laughs> so when you talk about 23 mile an hour winds right it's actually going to be 23 miles an hour. that's going to be a warm you know what it is you guys know about you i've experienced this so i can give the analogy i spent a summer right in gary indiana and into chicago to go see the museum with a big dinosaur in uh, downtown chicago so it's like summer in chicago except this is January the fifth 16th. Uh, 67 over 70 years, that's not the problem. The problem is this right here. 75% humidity. Getting into that face back of those Eagles. All right? So that, that's going to be a big problem in the second half. So you know where I'm going with this jump, too. Remember, I told you. Pick the second half. Get the second get the, Second half, fucking into your line. So pick the second half line. No brainer here now, but but I got two other points and then uh, we'll go Scott and chat. Point number two, it's gonna be big this weekend. Big quarterback disadvantage. Tom Brady and Big Ben, they're so old that they're always going to get their team in the wrong, in the right play. That's not gonna be the case for uh, Josh Allen, Joe Burrow, Jalen Hurts, they're not going to get their team in the wrong play. And this is a playoffs. Details matter. In business, there's no such thing as an insignificant defense uh, detail. <laughs> and where I was going with is that whatever defense you line up against Brady or Big Ben, you're in the wrong defense. Mm-hmm. It doesn't matter. You are in the wrong defense because uh, they know what they're doing. Right. It's not that the other guys don't know what they're doing. It's that the, these guys uh, both are Super Bowl winning quarterbacks. And what does it mean? We'll go to motivational Monday. We should listen to Jim, listen to John Hansen. I'll give you some motivational Monday thing. The reason it's a big deal that Tomlin, Brady, Big Ben have won a Super Bowl, they're Super Bowl winning versus professional guys. Is that the difference between a winner and a loser is that a loser gave up five minutes ago? These are guys that don't give up, right? Warner won the Super Bowl because he didn't give up. So these guys don't give up. It's that little edge you need. Joshua, this does that mean to sports fan? It means putting money in your pocket, betting on these guys, all things being equal, apples to apples. We'll go Scott in the chat.
0: So I saw Brady play for 20 years being up in New England. The one thing that I come away with is Brady needs to trust his weapons in order to throw to them. I don't know if he trusts Tyler Johnson completely. I know he trusted Cyril Grayson, and that could be a big – and that's a big loss for them if he doesn't play. I think Fournette's going to play simply because I think Ronald Jones, Ronald Jones has, has already been out. Out. So I, I think if Fournette is close, I think they're going to play him. Um, and the other thing, big thing to keep an eye on is if the rain is abated by the time that game starts, then that playbook is completely opened up for Tampa Bay they could throw um, to everybody. I think Gronk
2: plays. It only rains 15 minutes at a time. So even if it rains in the first quarter, by the second quarter, there's not going to be any rain. It could be over, yeah. yeah so I, I think, think Gronk the, and Evans are going to play gonna huge in this more. game. I think Gronk and
0: Evans are going to play huge in this game. Evans is going to get the slate treatment probably, so I, I would look at he Gronk. Um, you know, I, maybe a Scotty Miller pops up with a big catch, um, you know, an underrated guy. Um, I think
1: just, gonna, go I, I like to know Quick what's the prop on Scotty Miller. You guys know? Huh? Quick interruption on Scotty Miller. They've been using him horizontally on the few snaps he's been getting, they're not using him vertically this year. Okay. That, that's just a weird anomaly. I just want to share yeah. that with you. Yeah. So, Don't beat him.
0: So I, I believe this is a gronk, a big gronk game. I think this is going to be a big gronk game. I think they're going to win it. I think obviously they're going to, uh, they know Philly wants to run the ball. That's all that they've been doing in the second half of the year is mostly running the ball. These two teams are pretty different from when they played week seven, week eight. So they're totally they're They're pole opposites to where they were in that, that thing, the games in Tampa, the humidity is going to get Philly in the second half. I like Tampa in this in this spot to win this game. I double. Well, I like them
2: to cover the spread. So I like, I like yeah. them to blow them out. The only team that Philadelphia has, uh, the Philadelphia uh, offensive coordinator would be to run Hertz on every play. All right, so here's Tampa in the screen game. All right, so it's going to. This is the wrong team to have bad linebackers again because the Lloyd Carr University of Michigan three tight end offense. So here's a wide receiver screen, putting pressure on those linebackers. What do you think, Chad?
3: Yeah, um, I think this is Tampa Bay minus eight all day. I think Tampa Bay is gonna win this game by 14 plus easily. Uh, The total, I mean, with no weather and no wind, this is an over 100% all day this game's going over. you know, I mean, just I, I still think it can probably still like the over just because of how the numbers, you know, opened at 51 is down to 45 and a half. Um, oh, yeah. I think the, the value is on the over here for oh, sure. Right.
2: Um, the perceived and, uh, value. We don't know the numbers. The casinos don't share with us the real numbers coming in and out. So it's a perceived value we have over. Yeah, but go ahead. exactly. But yeah, I, I just think but that. I, I, I guess sticky on the word. <laughs> you
3: know, the I, I, looking at the weather, the rain is supposed to clear up. You know, before one o'clock, before that game starts. Uh, you know, the weather yeah, wind... for
2: twenty years and it never rained for more than twenty minutes. The twenty you know, years yeah. I lived in Tampa, so that rain oh. is not you know from California or wherever else in Chicago. It's not the rain you would think. It's a fifteen-minute yeah. rain with a lot of thunder and lightning. And then and
3: then, with the stadium, you know the stadium maybe can block out a little bit of wind um it, it does they, again, Ray, J. or they can still move it a little, so yeah, I mean i I like so um,
2: your, the beer line, the wind doesn't hit your beer, <laughs> your beer doesn't go flying everywhere but i like I like the bucks
3: minus eight, I'm going to put a little bit more on the bucks minus eight than the over, but I, those are my picks. I'm playing bucks minus eight
1: and and over 45 and a half in this one
0: so so Jim, do you think Tampa can get to the thirty point mark in this game
1: so That's going to be interesting because when I give my props, I'm going to give it now. I have the, I have the first half team total of over 13 and a half. I, again, I've seen the bucks take their foot off the gas, far too often in the second half. They've been a very good bet on first half covers for much of this year, but in the second half, they, they, they drain clock. They're very good at it. That offensive line can do whatever it needs to do run block or pass block. Um, and when you guys are set, give me a minute at some point to cover the Eagles side of the ball. I got a couple points for the audience. Go ahead.
2: Go ahead with it with
1: the Eagles. So, First of all, the Eagles, yeah, they're in the playoffs, but they haven't beaten a single team of note this year. Now they had an easy schedule when they played tougher teams, they, they weren't able to win. So that's important to understand. Now, when they played back in week Sixes before their bye week, Jalen Hurts was almost primarily out of the shotgun. It was a pass first offense. They figured out in their bye week. It wasn't working. So they come out. And since then, <laughs> yes, right? that
2: for the season.
1: They have <laughs> Yes. But, but, grand. I want to tell you that in training, yes. But Josh, <laughs> they're one of the few franchises that did something about it on their buy. So now right. we see 12 personnel. We see 13, three tight ends on the field. And they use Hertz as an option runner. So basically, they create numbers in the running game that make them very tough to defend. Now, the Bucks are not the same run defense they were the last few years. You can get a little traction on them. Now, Vita Vey is going to have him and, and Dominic Sue. They're going to need to have a big game, and they're really going to need to step it up here. They've been good. That's they the haven't problem. been great. That's, that's a huge problem
2: is that Buccaneer defensive line. They just got too many players.
1: Yeah, Now, the Eagles, their offensive line – obviously outstanding both in the run and pass game, but they have athleticism. Kelsey, the center, he pulls really well to, again, create leverage in the run game. Now, Tampa Bay, second half of the season, 17th in rush DVLA. This is a team we normally see lights out. A big component, though, watch this one. Levante David, if he's been activated from the IR, if he's healthy and he's active in this game, he creates a difference because him in the run game, he is fast, and he's able to sniff out some of those runs. Their other linebackers aren't as good as he is. Couple last points now. The Bucks pass defense—they're the strongest on the perimeters. Okay, they're weaker in the middle. But Jalen Hurts—if you watch him over the season—he doesn't hardly ever throw the ball in the middle of the field. He throws to the perimeter, which is the strength and the teeth of that Bucks pass defense. That makes me nervous. Now he's going to run, which is going to be fine, but ultimately. If and when the Bucs get out to a lead, if the Eagles have to abandon that great running game of theirs, they're screwed. Because then Todd Bowles and the Blitz schemes are going to pick up and that's going to be very problematic, regardless of whether Hertz runs or not. And so basically, those are my points. I think the outside receivers are at a big disadvantage because that's the teeth of the Bucks defense, and they're getting guys healthy. Any questions or comments? Well, uh, again. Fundamental analysis, corporate
2: governance, right? When you pick uh, Shelly Sunderman, her dad ran the Colorado State Pension Fund, a billion-dollar hedge fund uh, 25 years ago, right? And I was dating Shelly. And to be able to marry, be in the family, you had to do fun- you know, fundamental analysis. And I would go with a dad, Ned Sunderman. And people can Google this, Ned Sunderman capital management company right he's like a billionaire he's the one that told me don't take any financial advice unless the person owns an island in fiji right so the the one guy i know is an island off of venice florida so he's like josh come with me we would go to a company and we would meet the owner the ceo of the company and have lunch with them meet them right because in order to invest in that company You had to meet the management in the measure of the man, right? Do you – are you going to invest your life savings, your money, and trust this man to run this company? So as we bet on this game, there's a huge coaching mismatch Mm -hmm. between the defensive coordinator of Philadelphia and – Bruce Arians, who's won two Super Bowls as an offensive coordinator, one Super Bowl as a head coach, and a quarterback who's winning eight Super Bowls. Versus Jalen Hurts, who got pulled for Tua in the national championship so they could beat Smart. And then at Oklahoma, I'm not impressed by being able to throw CD Lamb wide open by 30 yards. And he was blown out when Oklahoma went to the playoffs. So Hertz hasn't won, and now you're saying now. Now on top of it, you're telling me that Hertz hasn't even won a game against a legitimate team this year. Now Hertz is going against Todd Bowles, Super Bowl winning Todd Bowles, uh, Todd Bowles, who's mentored by Andrew Reid. <laughs> <laughs> it all comes back. Team. My back to you guys but I remember SEC games right? big SEC games quarterback goes to the line looks at the line he looks at Steve Spurrier and says time out so when Bowles throws at him you know some Blitzburg Blitz uh, zone Blitz stuff think of me When Hertz calls that timeout because he's confused of what he's looking at. So, so is the
0: key to Philadelphia's side of the ball Dallas got it in this game, do you think?
1: See, they've manipulated him well. they, They actually have gotten him outside the hash marks with success so they start him obviously in line and they're getting him outside and there has been success there i just don't think there's enough explosiveness in the past game overall so i'm a little bit nervous because he's had good games i don't identify other than hertz as a runner any advantage that i think is significant okay
2: okay yeah Yeah. what do you think chad He's on mute. Oh yeah,
3: I'm mute. You unmute it.
2: There
3: you go. There, there you go. You know, I'm I'm on the Bucks all day here. I think I think, I mean, this is probably one of the best plays of Sunday is the Bucks Bucks minus eight. Um, that you know, I I I like what Jim said about um uh, their team total over first half two thirteen and a half. Um, that really kind of jumps out at me. I'm going to look at that hard because I know me and Scott had talked about their their game over twenty seven and a half. Um, you know, a better, that 13 and a half first half might be a better play in yeah. the whole game, 27 yeah. and a half. So that's something that, uh, I'm looking to add to my card off, off of, up here in gym. So. Yeah. And I think,
0: I think Tampa may score 14 points in the first quarter, to be honest with you.
3: Yeah. Awesome. No, they, I mean, they've been a fast starting team. I mean, all, all year that's, that's yes. been their MO. Um, yep. they're going to come out, they're going to try to jump on you early and then run for late, um, and take their foot off the pedal. So, uh, I like that, um. I like that play a lot. I like that. Right.
2: So, our consensus pick is going to be your Tampa Bay Buccaneers uh, minus the, what is it now? Eight. Eight? Eight. Man, that's a perfect spot to buy that point, make it seven to get it to a key number. Damn. Jason loves out there. Our friend Jason has made a lot of money. And uh, Scott's saying, hey, we need a cut of that, a percentage of that, but no, I'm like, it's how Scott of it. Uh, and uh, over 45, 45 is way too many points, that second half, uh, the quit factor, right? We talked about, Chad's the one who introduced it, business decision, and we're going to tackle somebody in the heat, we're down by 20 points, I need my contract for next year. And you're talking about, you want to talk about bad corporate governance? One of the guy had a got the game ball for special teams, and then on Monday he comes in, you know, for uh, treatment. And they say, "Get your playbook. You're cut." He goes to the doctor, giving him a physical because he's cut. And they're like, "Oh, we got the wrong guy. They had they, <laughs> the office mixed up who they were actually cutting." All right. So they know, you know, nobody cares how much you know until they know how much you care players on Philadelphia know that they do not care about them at all. So they need to preserve their bodies to get a contract next year. For us, it means betting
1: on the over in, in Tampa Bay second half line. And what are the props for this game? Those yeah. so are some props. Tom Brady under 1.5 rushing yards. There's going to be kneel downs at the yeah. end of this game. And right. here's, here's the kicker on it. He make Arians, yeah. Arians yelled at him because Brady started running recently. And he goes, stop running. Because he knows Brady can't afford to get hurt. And I think Brady is smart enough to listen to him on this one because there's no run that's going to be important. So I think Tom Brady, he might get his one quarterback sneak at the goal line. But again, you throw in some kneel downs, those are negative yards. I love Grock over 55 and a half yards. We talk about the linebackers of the Eagles being a massive liability. They're very poor in tight end coverage. And with no Godwin, no Antonio Brown, grok is going to be needed the last one i only identified very few props on this game jalen hurts over 49 and a half rush yards the bucks have given up rushing production to mobile quarterbacks hurts at some point when things are breaking down is going to have to take some matters into his own hands it's going to be way too little too late but i think 49 and a half is going to be an easy number for him to hit no no big time big and
0: time keep, keep in mind brady's mo his whole career has been go to guys he trusts in key situations and this playoffs is key situation. So Gronk over fifty five, no doubt about it. No doubt.
2: Well, they have bad. They have bad linebackers. Yes. Yeah, yeah, that's um, the other
0: thing too. Terrible. So, giving up tight end production
2: all over the place. Cameron Brate, I would not. You know, you got to look at the prop
1: for uh, Cameron Brate and OJ Howard. Didn't an Ingram score a touchdown on them this year too? He may have. Yeah, it sounds right. That sounds right. The guy, he did. the
0: guy hasn't scored a touchdown in his whole career, and he scored a touchdown against Philly, I think. So that, that tells me okay. a lot right there, basically. so
1: Great was interesting. I did think about it. I definitely thought about it. I like him in this
2: situation. And uh, I heard it through the grapevine. Fournette is going to start or play, yeah. at least, or he can't play. That's Let me put it this way. What I win. heard from a very informed person in Tampa Bay was that he can't play. Yeah. These are the people they,
0: need, they need him. They need him in, the, in a big way Sunday for sure. So, All
2: right. That was unanimous. Now we're going to go to a consensus one. Uh, I like well, First of all, Kansas City was 8-9 against the spread. The over-under, 17 games this year, the over-under team total for Kansas City was 15. Did, I kind of doubled up on that back. at the beginning of the season. Did
0: you, yeah. did you forget Dallas, or are you coming back?
2: Uh, let's go back. Okay, yeah, Dallas is the next. We'll, we'll go back, and we'll get Dallas. Okay, Dallas, San Francisco. You got to queue up uh, Debo as running back. But what I got queued up, well, well, well as, as Jim's previewing the game, we're going to show the last drive. But this is what it boiled down to the discussion we had on, on Wednesday, right? and, and Chad, because he actually is a football player, if we watched he plays, made a very good point that I hadn't totally grasped. Now, I'm sure Jim has said this either to his kids or he said, I'm sure Jim at some point in his life has said this to some people, some kids somewhere. To know and not to do is not to know. So 95% of people can't change. And the first thing is to constantly change before you change. Hey, uh, Philadelphia, to them, they can't change. So we know that Big Ben can't throw the ball more than five yards? Nope. Nope. So nope. does that mean that Pittsburgh is hopeless? The answer, in my humble opinion, not so humble opinion, is no, I, I like Pittsburgh in this game. Uh, Kansas City is an overvalued team, right? We're talking about market inefficiencies. They're gonna show Mahomes with his beautiful wife pre-game. They're gonna show his dad, his mom. And people are gonna be watching this in the sports book and put their hard-earned money on the Kansas City Chiefs to cover this game. The line goes up. We go the other way. So what Chad stupidly right, mentioned for us that even though he can't throw it more than five yards, it's gonna be the RPO game. Run, pass, option. They have a primo offensive line. Pittsburgh always does. Primo backups to keep Kansas City at bay, right? Spagnuolo at bay, two-time winning Super Bowl coach who was the secondary's coach in two thousand five Super Bowl. So this is a what Pittsburgh will do. This is on their winning drive, right? Against Baltimore. As we queue it up, uh, this guy's wide open,
1: right? And then sweet spot four yards away from the line. <laughs> right, right, right. There you up. Yeah, I think I think Tampa may score 14 points in the first quarter to be
0: honest.
2: So it's taping tape. All year. There you go. See, see, this this is what Ben can do. He, he can get them in the right play, though, right? So this is where Ben's big um, advantage is, is when he goes up to the line, right? He's reading where the middle linebacker is, where the safety is. He can get them in the right play every single play running this RPO. Now, do I think they can make the whole playoffs by doing this? No. But against Andy Reid, who doesn't like to blow people out, Andy Reid, He's basically lost every single game he's ever played in the playoffs. You like, Josh, what are you talking about? They win the Super Bowl. Yeah, but Bill O'Brien, we just saw, blow the game <laughs> against Georgia, right? Blew a 30-point lead or whatever crazy lead he had in the championship game. He should have beat him Last year, Cleveland had him at 4th and 30. They stop him there. Cleveland wins that playoff game. Andy Reid does not win playoff games. He waits for people to make mistakes. And I go back to the 2005 Super Bowl. He was waiting for a guy who would end up winning eight Super Bowls to make a mistake in that 2005 Super Bowl. He didn't when he had better players. He had an all-star team, and he still lost. Tomlin put himself out there. He said, listen, why are you guys talking to me about USC, right, me as a financial guy? They're saying USC because you're getting 4 million they're going to pay you three times as much as that and more, $13 million to be head coach at see, They're not disrespecting you, Tomlin. But he doesn't have people around him, so he just says stuff. He's like, oh, you're disrespecting me. Why don't you ask Andy Reid that question? He's won one Super Bowl. I've won one Super Bowl. Why don't you ask Sean Payton that question? i won one Super Bowl. He's won one Super Bowl. He got blown out last time by Andy Reid. Pride is on the line. So, again we go back to that Super Bowl winning individuals do not give up and I'll finish with this we'll go Jim we'll give you you know a preview of this side of it so uh, my last little caveat is that for a while if I saw uh, Carol or something say something in the middle of the week I knew they knew something about something so when Big Ben said, we're going to get blown out by 20. Who cares? He knows something about something. They're dialing up something for the for Kansas City Chiefs. That This is under all the way. This is under Central. What What's the under right now on that? That is. 46. Yeah, 36 Bennett now. Like 46. 46. Yeah, that's way too much. The, lucky, it should be 36. It really it should be under yeah. all day, every single day. And your Pittsburgh Steelers. What is it now? What is that line now? I expect it to be over 14. 12 and Jim a half Well, still 12 and a half. Still 12 and a half. Still I already bet 13 right now.
1: 30, I'm locked in at 13, under 46. What are your thoughts, Jim? So, first of all, Pittsburgh comes in very loose, in my opinion. They thought they were out of the playoffs. They they played to win, but they did probably never thought they would get the scenarios right. on. So, they're loose. Right. And and that's a good thing. It's a good play because they got blown out by this, right? They got blown out by this cancer team just a few weeks ago. So they're loose. Now, Ben and Chad talked about this his passing, as much as his arm, I think his legs are going too now. Because over the first 10 games, he was about in half of the games, he was like seven and a half average depth of target. Listen to his last four games. He went from, oh my gosh, five, nine, four, five. 2.7 and then a 5.5 last week so this baseline has gotten ridiculously low but here's the breakdown of the game so with the Steelers first of all as I just mentioned their passing game has become more and more compressed as that average depth of target continues to shrink to unbelievable lows they probably aren't going to have a lot of consistent success moving the chains unless the Chiefs get a fair lead and they back off a bit now the advantage they have if Najee Harris's elbow is okay. Look, Kansas City was 11th in rush DVOA in the second half of the season, but this is still a matchup where they can get to them a bit. Now, don't expect the run blocking to be great. They're a bottom three run blocking line, but I still think at the end of the day, the Chiefs are going to come into this having whipped them soundly. I don't know how aggressively they come out. I think that that mentally, they're not going to be sharp in this one. Now, the last thing was move to the Chiefs side of the ball. First of all, they have a massive advantage in the running game because their run blocking, has, as we talked in the preseason, they brought in run blockers. They've been great. Edward Tiller is out. Darrell Williams has a toe injury. So I am concerned. Now, Derek Gore could get involved. But I, but look, the Chiefs probably weren't going to run the ball a lot anyway, right? So right. but that was the advantage. Steelers were my, number 32 in the second half rush DVOA. Now, the wide receivers don't have great matchups here. Tyreek seems to be 100%. He practiced in full, but the Steelers are the defense that aren't going to give him the downfield pass. He's going to have to get the dink and dunk stuff. Kelsey, average matchup for him, and he hasn't been dominating. Here's the advantage that the Steelers may be able to find. Top two pressure rate. Now, as good as it is, the Chiefs are a top seven pass blocking line, but I think the Steelers are going to dial up more blitzing than usual because they have nothing to lose here. And I think they're going to keep the Chiefs from scoring a lot of points. So I think that's what the whole game's going to be about. It's going to be lower scoring than we expect. I think if the Steelers keep it close, it's because the Chiefs aren't going to score a lot of points here. That's my breakdown of the game. So... I 100% agree. One,
2: one caveat before we go to Scott. Okay. Before I forget, I got an ADD, I'm getting up uh, The air raid. How do you stop the air raid, right? Uh, you stop the air raid it's been beaten many times, including the last Super Bowl with its own blitz. Blitzberg, they invented its own blitz. blitz. <laughs> mm-hmm. Butler and all those people. So that's the way you stop the air raid, and that's the way you stop the hums. Go ahead, Scott. So Kelsey wasn't there last time. That was the COVID game, right? Correct. Yes. Could could a Byron
0: Pringle or a Demarcus Robinson step up and be big in this game for them? Do you think?
1: I don't think the big plays are going to be there. I right. think it's going to be the dink and dunk. So I think it's going to get spread out a lot. I think there's going to be running back screens. I like the fact that Jarek McKinnon was involved last week. He could be a weapon. I don't know that anybody gets enough targets. I think this is a 240-yard passing game at most for Mahomes, and it may not get that high. Okay. If one of those receivers made a big play, you're, you're, you'd have to be betting and hoping on that. But there's right. nothing in right. what I see in the matchup that one of them screams out saying this guy's off the page.
0: So, so my thinking is, is maybe this is going to be like a 24 to 14 type of game, Most something likely. in that range.
1: Most likely.
2: For this game. Under, under my friend, double down on that under. What do you think, Chad?
1: Yeah, I mean, I, uh,
3: I'm, I kind of the under all day. Um, I think this one's going to be under all day. Uh, and then, um, Yeah, I'm going – I'm taking the the Steelers with the points. You know, I think that lower-scoring game just favors that dog to cover. You know, looking at Mike Tomlin as a dog, you know, I think – Right. I think Ben Roethlisberger knows the Chiefs are taking them lightly. I think he's baiting them by saying, oh, they're going to blow us out again. He's even letting those guys guard down even more. (laughs) You know, now that – I mean, the Chiefs, you know, they're actually thinking, oh, they think we're going to blow them out. They're not even going to try. You know, like, yeah, right. Come on, that's a professional – a Hall of Fame coach and a Super Bowl coach—they're <laughs> coming in there to whoop your ass. So I, I think I think it's just setting up for uh, setting up for a Steelers cover here. Steelers plus thirteen and, and under—a
2: so. heck of a hard-hitting, crazy football game. No, as far as props, what I, I feel I like Hartman because it—I I really do because of the zone blitz aspect of it, and I really do think Mahomes is going to panic. But the panic's going to be a hard slant to Hartman, or Hartman coming across the field. Tyreek Hill, again, splitting that. Now we're going to West Coast offense. A West Coast offense play to Tyreek Hill, kind of splitting two guys. One guy misses the tackle, and he gets the over your prop, right? That, that's what I'm thinking. But it seems like consensus pick looks like to be Pittsburgh,
0: well, go, unanimous. Hey, go unanimous. I'll switch to Pittsburgh on this.
2: There we go. See, we're listening. They say men do not listen, and we don't. We have, we
1: have to work on But depends depends on the other side of it. Listen to understand.
2: Now, we don't have a monopoly on the truth, right? Nope. We're, we're guys. So you're welcome to argue with us. You're welcome to dispute what we say. However, the only thing I ask is that you understand what we're saying first before you start arguing yeah. listen to understand not to argue so this is a dynamic podcast where we change our minds all the time you can pay your way out of the bet right double down on the other side so it's unanimous pittsburgh whatever it balloons to because people get drunk people with a lot more money than we do they don't have to work anymore they're independently wealthy and you know it happened to me one time here here's 10 grand I've been seeing you winning all day. Go ahead, take something for yourself and bet all the uh, overs in the favorites form. Can you do that? I'll bring you back the tickets and I got your drinks. Oh, sure, no problem. Jim, do you go have on, any props go, go the other way.
1: Put in their bets first, and then you go with your bets of the of the other way.
2: Do you have any props
1: in this game that you like? Yes. I do. Thank you for asking. So, yeah, this is one of the yeah. things I don't have many because I don't. The pro, we play probabilities here. And so, yeah. the you know the, the Tyreek Hill, the Kelsey, those numbers worry me. They're numbers right. that could go either way. They're too risky. I like two for sure. I like Ben Roethlisberger's longest completion under 33 and a half yards. Right. Uh, yeah.
2: That seems like an 80% probability.
1: And then piggybacking with that. Deontay Johnson's longest reception under 20 and a half yards because the last three weeks we've seen the average depth of target shrink when he was getting those seven and a half depth of targets, he was making 20 yard plays. but when we're getting it four yards from the line, we're not getting that. And then one thing, that's technically not a prop, but the Steelers team total under 16 and a half.
0: Yeah.
1: Yeah. I don't, I don't know. And the reason the team
2: total worries me is uh, Matt Canada Matt Canada is the offensive coordinator for your Pittsburgh Steelers mm-hmm. and he at one point was born uh genius as an offensive coordinator and I always talk about the same thing Problem with Raheem Morris he's a genius guy but his relationships, these guys scream at everybody they have emotional problems he got in a fight with Big Ben I could have predicted that, I wish I could bet Oh, can I bet Matt Canada and Big Ben are going to get in a fight? Because two emotional guys with big egos are going to fight each other. So the reason he's not a head coach is not because he isn't smart enough. It's because he has uh, emotional issues. But he's a brilliant game plan guy. And against being known, even though he's won two Super Bowls, he's a dangerous guy figuring out something about something going on it. Next thing you know, that's three touchdowns, 21 points. So that's what it worries me. I, I think Pittsburgh, because of brain power, might be able to put some points on the board against a Kansas City defense that's good in the beginning, but they're really not
1: um, good late. Just remember, if you're going to go over and you're looking 21 or so points and you're looking at the under 46 on the game, you're looking at the Chiefs roughly by a field goal. Right. So, as right. long as yeah, if that's, if that's where you're lining up, that works. Quick time. Remember, can't see the Chiefs eight, nine against the spread this year. Of course. Great. 100% they won't
2: cover this. Right. All right. So now we're going to go San Francisco 49ers against the most oversold stock ever uh, the Dallas Cowboys. It's Dallas minus three I'm looking at. I got
1: Straight a hook ahead. today. I got a hook today. Oh, nice. Uh, yep, three and a half.
2: Three and a uh, half. So you're with me with the 49ers, right? Sorry. Uh, <laughs> you're or you're 49ers
1: or Cowboys? Well, uh, we, I, I shouldn't have said it this early, but I got a hook three and a half, so I took it. But anyway, I'm sorry. Shouldn't. Yeah, decided. so you're with
2: me. I have four. So I'm yes.
1: San Francisco
2: plus four. Taking it to that key number, we're going to buy it, maybe. Let me see what it is now. It, Three right it, now.
0: Three right now, yeah.
2: So it's 15 and a half. 15 and a half, I expect this to go higher. And we're going to do a live stream right, right before these games uh, to see where the line line movement. We'll do some CNBC line movement where the stock market is today. Because I expect this to be ballooned balloon over 52, under 52, so you're San Francisco 49ers, and uh, we'll queue up a play for Jim here. These
0: Caesars is going that way, Josh. By the way, they're at 51 right now, so they're Dude, going Vegas go to as good Caesars.
2: Yeah, here's um 49ers, right? Yes, corporate governance. Quinn who won a Super Bowl with Pete Carroll, is looking for jobs, right? He might be the head coach at Chicago, whatever. His mind isn't on this game. Uh, Shanahan and John Lynch, right? Shanahan as an offensive coordinator, but it's Super Bowl twice. His dad won the Super Bowl twice. Once, twice. John Lynch, who's really the defensive coordinator slash GM, designs the defense, sits in the box. Uh, the defensive coordinator is a rah-rah guy, takes orders. Uh, against Quinn, who's looking for another job. So basic formation. I like the way this is what they do. It's kind of shady, but they do it. Shop blocking, right? These guys are your shop blockers <laughs> for the right. running. So they to go across, get somebody wherever it's going. Uh, and then Garoppolo reads. He's, Garoppolo has two plays in his head, a running play and a pass play. Most of the time, he's going to go to the running play. Um, uh, and this is your four-two-five defense, which everybody's playing this day. This is Raheem Morris, Tampa 2, John Gruden. This is John Gruden against John Gruden. Both these guys were on the same staff for your 2006 Tampa Bay Buccaneers. All right. So, Bam, see my guy going across? Boom. All right, doing some John Madden hits the hole. That's their basic offense. So, you were talking, Jim, about Debo
1: Samuel. Yes. So I'm going to just break the 49ers down because I got a lot on both teams here. So let me just talk to and we will mention Debo in this. So overall they're facing a Dallas defense. Their strength is their pass rush and their pass defense. But the thing is they, they defend the outside pass. Well, the 49ers do not attack traditionally with the pass. You mentioned Debo Samuel, they get him quickly into space. They get him in the middle of the field. And so Dallas, Their strength is going to be ignored here. Now, you showed that play, the misdirection. You are going to see a lot of misdirection in the 49ers running, and they're going to be very multiple here because they know Dallas plays with speed and over pursuit. And this is suited very well. Now, middle linebacker Keanu Neal is out, and that's a big part of their run defense. Now, the 49ers, if they get that run game going, they can eat up some time on drives. But now, 49ers also will have an advantage they lead the league 74 and a half percent of their snaps they use pre-snap motion which dictates the defense they're going to see so again the okay. play right. let's go to that motion here because this yep. is your guy people's Samuel. yep and yep.
2: the motion right yep so you're saying okay they are going to go motion to see where they're playing right yep and, and these and guys aren't smart like uh Ronde barber and uh and uh, Derek Brooks had told me a story where they, when the guy would go in motion, if they were playing zone, they would act like man. And Rondé would move. <laughs> when they were in zone, he would sit still. But these guys aren't that smart to do that. Maybe Eric Weddell was, was coming in with those tricks. So here's what he's saying. We got our guy, Dimo Samuel in motion. So they're not moving. What does that mean, Chad? We're not moving in motion. Right? Oh, zone. Cool. There we go, Zone. Exactly. They're moving, man to man. So they're in zone, so they know they're in zone. So what happens, right? Let's watch this again. Uh, motion. Nobody moves. Zone. So now Garoppolo has impulse control issues. We say that because he got caught with a prostitute. Most guys, freaking prostitutes all the time, he got caught for impulse control. He didn't care. So they have to piecemeal things to him. So now they'll stop everything and tell them what play to run. And boom, Demo Samuel on the sweep, that's good blocking. Everybody's yep. blocking. First down. And this is the, the dude, they're dude. driving dude. overtime.
1: Go ahead, Jim. All right. So yes, so that's the type of misdirection you'll see in Dallas's over pursuit. Is going to be a big problem for them here now. Elijah Mitchell is getting healthier by the week, and Dallas is giving up at least 100 rushing yards in 11 of their last 12 games. But they're going to use play action here quite a bit. And where George Kittle has a massive advantage, Dallas does well against a detached tight end, but Kittle is a massive part of their run blocking scheme. He'll be in line. Dallas is not equipped to handle him. And we mentioned, Josh, you mentioned Debo Samuel earlier and Kittle. Dallas is last in the league with yards after to catch at 6.3 per catch, and Kittle and Samuel are the masters of yards after to catch. That's big. And the last thing I want to say on the on the 49ers side, Jimmy G, his biggest struggles are when he has to throw to the outsides of the field. This offense, and with Dallas' strength being the outside, this offense will be deployed. This is going to be a big middle-of-the-field game. Kittle, Debo, and the passing attack. Okay, and to your point, we're going to watch a play here.
2: Uh, because you say, all right, Jim said – it'll be in a couple of plays here. Jim said that uh, Garoppolo can't throw the outside. I just saw him throw outside that play. And it's almost like Stafford throwing the deep ball. Because as you, as you see, all right, he on this play struggled right so he has some sort of injury too because he struggled to get it out there and that was the only play he was going to so and that's not really even that long he struggled he winded back and threw it right it wasn't his normal marino get to the ear and throw it situation right here is kind of what jim's talking about as far as misdirection right uh, and kind of fully the defense, right? Uh, 80% of players end up broke. These guys aren't too smart. So, motion again, right? So, motion again says to me if this was Michigan playing, right? You got destroyed by Georgia, power right. So, I'm power right right now. So, defense is thinking power right four, two, five, right? Oh, power right. Uh, no, we're gonna. Boom, we're going to go actually to the left on this play. So it's not power right. It's going to be an inside inside zone
1: uh, run play.
2: And now the Dallas side,
1: Jim. Yeah, so the Dallas side, look, we know Dallas has a very good offensive line. This isn't quite the dominant group they've been. They're good, but they're not great. And San Francisco has been flat out nasty against the run. That front seven and the front four especially have been bringing it each week. This is not a good matchup for the Dallas running game. Now, the big advantage Dallas has, San Francisco's decimated secondary. They're good in the middle of the field. They give up the downfield pass. This is an Amari Cooper game if they utilize him. This is tailor-made for him to be successful. Now, Dallas has been a little too horizontal in their passing game lately, especially with C.D. Lamb. But if they game plan this one out properly, it's going to be Cooper. Now, Uh, 49 that was interesting, right? Because they started going to Cooper. Here we see Cooper. Cooper's playing, what, the slot? Now he'll be on the outside. Uh, Cedric Wilson will be in the slot primarily now. Because he's a bigger body. Yeah, that's
2: that's your mind, Cooper. Go
1: ahead. So the 49ers, on short passes, they're number four in the league DVOA. But deep passes, at least 16 yards, they're dead last. It's their Achilles heel. And then the 49ers, on the other hand, they have a crazy positive DVOA when targeting Amari Cooper deep. So this is literally strength against strength. Now, I do think Dallas could use a little more 12 personnel than usual. Blake Jarwin got a week under him, and having him in the field, it allows Dallas to do more things offensively. That would be useful. But, again, it's going to be the downfield passing attack. Now, Dak's been hit or miss, ultimately. If he gets hot, the 49ers at the downfield defense um, lack Dallas could win this game if Dak has a big game. But if they're not putting points up on the board right and left, they are in a lot of trouble in this contest.
2: They're in a lot of trouble.
1: And and because uh,
2: corporate governance, the way John Lynch thinks, believe me, if I could bet this, I would. On the phone with him this week on the Zoom is Monty Kiffin. Monty Kiffin coached at Dallas. He was in training camp going against Dak in that offense. Uh, Kellen Moore, uh, McCarthy, they're going to come up with adjustments. But in the first couple series, Dak is going to go timeout. I haven't seen this defense before. It's true. And what concerns me for Dallas is Quinn. All right, So we'll go Scott and Chad. What do you guys think?
0: I just think Debo's going to, Debo and Kittle, especially Kittle, where when he catches the ball, he's like a bulldozer running down the field. I think he could, him and Debo could actually have close to 150 yards each. I think this is a big, I think San Francisco's going to win this game outright. I just think there's too many athletic pieces, oh. of the San Francisco offense. In
2: line. And I think if down outfit of the week, buddy line pick of the week, maybe. If Dak
0: struggles in any way in this game, Dallas is, like you said, is in, in huge trouble in this game. He, he can't struggle early in this game. He's got to be good, Dak, not
2: struggle, Dak. And so money line.
0: Yeah, I'm going San Francisco money line. I think they're going
2: to win this game. Yeah, uh, plus one thirty five. That means if you bet a hundred bucks, you get one hundred forty. I bet a thousand and get a thousand four hundred back. So what I could do is put a thousand dollars on. San Francisco plus four thousand dollars at San Francisco money line and a thousand dollars under 52. This is this is the consensus pick. <laughs> I don't it's, know if it's unanimous. What do you think, Chad? And he just the said, yeah, there? no, that money, money line pick of the week. I mean, this is this
3: is my <laughs> favorite dog to win. If yeah. I had to pick one dog this week to win outright, this this is it. One hundred percent my pick. It, it Jim it Jim came out of it and now
2: it's still that he was like yo yeah I got the hook I got the, got the hook,
3: hook. <laughs> Dallas didn't want
0: to see this right Dallas did not want to see San Francisco if I'm if I'm thinking right
1: well and if this upset happens Green Bay ain't gonna want to see him because the one thing Green Bay can't stop is the run yeah right yeah
0: I mean are there any other props besides the Dak props? yes. That-
1: Yes, like. so I do think there's going to be a lot of scoring. So I, I'm against the grain here with the over. So I think Dak does go over 282 yards. They're not going to be able to run. It's already done in the air. Elijah Mitchell's going to get his 76 and a half yards. He's going to go over 100 here. Dallas gives up 111 of the last 12 games. Brandon Ayuk under 50 and a half yards. Dallas is not the where Ayuk goes is not where Dallas can be attacked. Kittle is over 49 and a half yards. I like Kittle's longest reception over 20 and a half yards. Amari Cooper over 59 and a half yards. Sorry, I'm Uh rattling these off. And Jawan Jennings under 29 and a half yards. The only reason I didn't say Debo is because I don't know how much he's going to be used as a rusher and how much as a receiver because he can get it done either way. Therefore, I'm more concerned about the prop. Now, I guess if you had a combined one, you could go that route. But in terms of just receiving or the rushing, It could be either.
0: Are you going to see Diggs most of the game? I'm assuming.
1: So Diggs is an outside deep, deep, impossible, because the way they deploy Debo, if they commit Diggs to him, they'll motion him in the backfield. Now he's a running back. What the hell does Diggs do? Right? Right. And they get the ball in his hands at or behind the line of scrimmage. And Diggs, as great as he's been, he gets killed yardage after the catch. It's a horrible matchup. Diggs makes his hay on the deep passes that he becomes a receiver and cuts the ball off. Well, Debo's going to see his passes three yards from the line. Yeah. There's no yeah, interception I, I, to be had there.
3: I saw a stat that said that Trayvon Diggs has given up the most yards of any cornerback in the NFL this year. Over a thousand yards have been caught on him this year. Right. So even though he leads the league in picks, he's given up the most yards. So, um, but can, can you go through the the, rattle those off again. Yeah, the Elijah yes.
1: Mitchell rushing over. Over. I had Dak Prescott over 282. Passing. I expected to go a little over 300 here. Yeah, passing. And then I liked Brandon iuk under the 50 and a half yards. He's just not a stylistic fit for this contest. Kittle both over the yardage and then his longest reception over 20 and a half yards. I think he has a couple long plays here. The last two, we had Amari Cooper over 59 and a half yards. The, the tendency to beat them deep is too easy. He could, get, he could do that in one or two catches here. And yeah. then Jawan Jennings, under 29 and a half yards. Again, the outside receivers, I don't think they're even going to test Dallas on the outside too much. And that's where Dallas' strength is. So I think Jennings goes back to earth here. They're not going to need him here.
0: It's a good so, locker, though. So last thing on this game, do you think Paul is, Paul is more effective than Zeke is in this game?
1: I think they abandon the run. You I think they're going to abandon the run. Some way. I think they're going to, I think it's gonna be a score fest. They'll, all right, they'll try to run some, they're not going to have success. They just do not match up against the front seven of the 49ers. Again, I like the Dallas line. It's not, they're not what they were. And I don't think they're going to be able to create the space. Zeke needs certain space at this point. Right. If Pollard yeah. gets it done, it could be as a receiver, but the 49ers have been excellent against receiving backs. So that puts some pause to me as well.
0: So the week one game plan for Dallas is in effect in this game, you think? Well,
2: I, would just- right. I would agree with that. I would agree with that.
1: Okay.
2: All right. All right. So we got San Francisco 49ers plus the four. The unanimous pick, and we, uh, Jim's going to be Ruth Gator Ginsburg on this one, be at the center, and <laughs> pick the uh, under. Am I right with that, guys? Correct. Yeah, I'm right with that. So.
3: Yeah, I'm, I'm liking the under, yeah. I think yeah. that if I, – I just think if San Francisco has success running the ball, yep. Yep. Um, it's going to be close. I'm not saying – I mean, it could come right under like at 49. Um,
2: well, yeah. You know, I, yeah, I didn't know what I was watching 30 years ago when I went to the Buccaneers training camp. Tony Dungy's the head coach. Defensive coordinator, is Monty Kiffin. So, I know pretty much the way Monty Kiffin is going to approach this. John Lynch talking this week about what the game plan is going to be. In the, the real defensive court, nor the, the defensive court taking notes listening to this conference call, like Schneider listening to the conference call between Carol and uh, Mary Allen. <laughs> uh, they want to keep things under control, under running game, under. Garoppolo is not allowed to snap the ball with more than one second left. Of the All right.
1: You know, you guys are right that's where the key to that under is because they literally could take 10 minutes off the clock on a, with a drive with their running game so that is the case for the under for sure all right very I'm so excited for this and remember
2: the strategy we're talking about is strategy to put money in your pocket and uh, I'll re-listen and, and I'll get those up there and we'll do line change live stream podcast 30 minutes before sorry so the last game we're going to tackle Monday night, man, three straight days of football. Monday night, it's going to be the LA Rams with a $7 billion new stadium, commercial real estate. Uh, Notice the refs calls on Monday night, only game against the Air Raid. So, Josh, what do you know about the Air Raid? Well, I like Finch, the $4 million coach of Arizona. He never played football. I never played football either, but... The air raid, if you listen to the Faith and Family Football, Ben Rasplath. His offensive of coordinator, Houston Baptist, is Kitty. Kitty, who's his who's the offensive of coordinator currently for Power Five, Texas Tech, his best friend is Clingsbury, the head coach of your Arizona Cardinals. And he explained to me the air raid. So we're gonna look. I go to every single Rams, and I know uh Scott snapped at me last. He's like, man, you sent me this training camp video 10 times. Exactly. I go to the Rams training camp. And this is actually, yeah, this is going to be air raid, right? So we're going to explain the air raid. So, what the air raid is, and uh, Mahomes and Kelsey do a good job with this, right? What the air raid is, is right here. Actually, he's too intense here. He needs to relax. But what he's doing is reading the defense. And you notice, let me go back here. Right, Cooper Cup is a smart guy. Uh, Stafford's waiting to get hit. I could already see it. <laughs> <laughs> see what, of uh, course, the running back Akers doesn't know what's going on. That's okay, he's from Florida State. Actually, Cam Akers, we love him. He follows me on Instagram. His with William Floyd, who I went to high school with, bar none. That's the Super awesome. Bowl with Steve Young. So that's Cam Akers lineage. He's looking in, he's reading. They're all supposed to read. He already know what the play is. He's gone. He knows what the play is, he's gone. He's still reading the play, reading the play. They all read the play independently and then look for the ball. That's why Kelsey says, Oh, you know, I'm in tune with Mahomes. So this is the air raid. One back. Boom. Four receivers. Yeah. Right. Bam. I, don't, I don't know. So he, he's looking for the ball. We turn the sound off. So let's look at our guy at the outside. Higby, right? Tight end. Zach Hurts needs to have a big game. Same formation, same offense. The air raid is like Chad's offense in college. They only have four plays. Higby, red zone, right? So zone. When it's man, you go vertical route, right? When it's zone, you go across. So Higby reads zone. He gets to the pause. What did he do? He goes across, finds the seam, boom. They read it. That's how they can do it so fast. Oh, they did this fast because that's the read, right? Higby. Now I'll cue up Jim. Jim likes to talk about. He been talking about this in training camp. He told me about it. The Rams your three wide receiver set right so here's 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 one two three wide receiver set what are your thoughts jim
1: right yes so what we can have concerns with the rams is this they have become very run based over the last four or five weeks and there are a lot of reasons why matthew stafford's had his struggles i get it but if they continue to be run heavy this is going to stick their offense in neutral. They're not going to be able to score the types of points they need to put opponents away. And it hurt them against the 49ers last week. And they just had games against the Ravens and the 49ers, two teams who are pass funnel defenses. And yet they didn't throw on them. And therefore they had two games. They could have blown up on the scoreboard and they didn't, they barely snuck out the win at Baltimore. They lost to the 49ers. Look, there's another, this is an identical matchup this week against the Cardinals. The Cardinals over the last six weeks, number 32 against the pass. They've been horrible down the stretch. So unless Sean McVay comes in and says, look, we have to take a chance and throw here. If Stafford has a bad game, he has a bad game. The running game is not going to get much traction against the Cardinals. And they're going to need to throw here. And with Matthew Cardinals Stafford. best defensive line in the NFL. Yes, correct. Correct. Excellent call. Now, Stafford, look, he's been a streaky quarterback his whole career. If he goes on a four-game bender, ain't nobody beating him. If he right. plays the way he did, they're out in one game. Now, the Cardinals side, you talk about the air raid, well – they want to run it there, but they really have gone they're horizontal in their routes and they're not very creative. And when they lost DeAndre Hopkins, the problem is the defense doesn't have any one guy to worry about, so defenses can sit on what they do and they're very predictable in their route combinations and play calling. And you have four plays, remember, yeah, exactly. Now, the Rams they lost their strong safety, Jordan Fuller, he was their defensive signal caller. He went on IR, he got injured last week, huge loss for them. James Connor. He, be, he, his ribs got beat up pretty badly. That's like he hasn't practiced all week. That, if he's not in that physical aspect of their game, isn't going to be there that they need. Now, I think their chance, Kyler is going to have to play Superman. He is going to have to run because, right. the yeah, really yes, the compressed nature of their offense that allows the Rams three superstars to play. They're not going to be able to challenge the weaker parts of that. And so, basically, that's my breakdown on the outside receivers. I don't think that. A.J. Green and Antoine Wesley are going to be able to exploit the outside corners. I just don't think either of them can consistently do that. That's my breakdown. Any questions or comments for me? Well, first thing I want to interject with
2: Scott in chat, Jason's amazing, man. He's, he's, he's following all the props, and I'll be able to put him on Twitter. Uh, but we're making Jason a lot of money. So That's my cousin, man. That's my cousin. <laughs> Hey Maybe Jason, he just has a lot of money, man?
1: <laughs> Contributing. Make sure he pays Jim when you guys go out to dinner. Their <laughs> their family's coming by tomorrow. They're bringing a fruit cake from the, the Texas <laughs> bakery, Collins Street Bakery. Good stuff, man. <laughs> yeah, right uh, uh, no. So, yeah. well, we're going
2: here. I guess uh, you're you're breaking a tie collaborating with Chad because I'm going um, Rams money line. Uh, and I'm going gonna—I'm the only one that went under. I'm going to go under because I believe this line is going to balloon. It's going to be the only game on. People are going to get to the casino, maybe have to work or maybe Correct. they've been drinking all weekend and they're going to bet this over maybe up to 54 points. Let me see what it is now. Uh, Forty-nine and a half. and a half. That's what I'm saying. It's actually going the other way. Okay. Let's see. So if you... Bet the under, you got to bet it now. But I still think, like, Wins bet over there with uh, Scott over there in Boston. (laughs) It's at 50 right now. Remember, that's that's a $2 billion handle up there. And that's not even Boston. That's New Jersey. So, now Boston's in. Uh, The handle's going to be huge. And people, especially the only game on, people are going to bet the over on this. So, I I like the under. I got it at 50 and a half. So, I'm waiting for it. We're in next bet to be under 52, but that's a dispute we're going on. Uh, Scott, right, you're saying it's going to go over. Or yeah, I'm... I
0: think it's going to go over.
2: Um, I think just the
0: recent history with these two teams suggests that they're going to score a lot of points. Um, you know, I'm, I'm very worried about Stafford right now as we sit here right now. I don't think he's playing any brand of good quarterback at all. He, make, he throws that one interception in a game that really cost them. He, um, you know, he's just not playing well right now. And on the other side, it's Connor. If Connor doesn't play, I agree with Jim. The physical aspect of their their team is basically null and void. I think they're going to have to – Kyle's going to have to get those three first downs with his feet. He's going to have to keep them in the game. He's going to have to find Zach Ertz. A lot, I think, to, to – um, to keep them in the game because I, I don't think their outside receivers can be much of a factor in this game. So um, so having said that, I, I'm still on the Rams in this to uh, to win the game,
2: I think. So that's yeah, that's and, my point. And the reason I think the Rams are going to win the game is because they're going to get the whistle. This uh, And you say, Josh, what are you talking about? Um, I'll let this guy Griffins from the Griffiths family, my, my wife's uh, from the Griffiths down in the south explain this and then we'll go to Chad. Chad, we have on the spreadsheet. Chad said, wait for Friday to see what Jim thinks but let, I'm going to share this video and he'll see what I'm talking about, Dan Quinn, and what I'm talking about how much money involved influencing uh, the, uh, the referees which he makes $120,000 as a high school administrator in Oklahoma. Here's uh, Griffiths on the Paul Feinbaum show. I don't know if you
1: guys can hear this. extension right now. I mean, this might have been a twenty or
2: twenty-five million dollar win for Kirby Smart in this guaranteed contract, like I think we will.
1: Probably around hundred million, if not a little bit upwards. It's ten years, so that that win meant a lot for Kirby Smart, bank account, and generations of Smart family beyond Kirby Smart.
2: Do you guys hear that?
1: And, when you're nope. out there yeah. money,
2: and, and I'll repeat it again. Like, this might have been a 20 or 25 million dollar win for Kirby, 25, $25 million for Kirby smart college so probably around a hundred million if not a little. hundred million dollars well.
1: so that that win meant a lot for Kirby
0: Smart bank account <laughs> you
2: should have it in different accounts not just the bank football
1: program is
2: concerned couldn't it come at a better
1: time all right
2: like a- so we don't care about the football program what we care about is what the money which is what this podcast is about to go for circle, right? Because we are a podcast with a narrative with let's, a
0: let's, ask, let's ask Jim this. Jim, do you think the NFL putting this Rams game on Monday night had ulterior motives in it?
2: It's gonna have a big great it's gonna showcase SoFi
1: Stadium. That's Which might that's be the it. Super Bowl it's gonna be played. I mean, that would be it. I don't I wonder if the networks had any input to that. I wonder if the networks were asked like prioritize game that I think, you want. I'll
2: give you some insight on this, and I got to work on this because Apple approached me and we can get discounts with Apple. Uh and that's the thing about in the corporate world in life, nobody respects you if you're a snitch or if you kiss ass. People do not respect you. And with the way ESPN has capitulated to the NFL. And now, ESPN might go under because Apple might. Apple's worth $3 trillion with a T. That's why I need to follow up, put a link on the website, because they, they approached me about all that. Uh, who am I? But $3 trillion. So they can pay for the rights for the NFL for the next 100 years. And they're comp- competing against the Amazon. Amazon already has its foot in the door. What happens to ESPN? They fold, right? They got that $3 billion SEC contract. to pay smart. I think they'll probably pay it back to Paramount Plus. So that's your answer with the networks. I think it's more highest and best use of commercial real estate. It's having them play on Monday night, so far I stated.
1: So, Chad, who do you like in this game? <laughs> yeah, so. I, I, I'm I'm right now. I'm I'm gonna go.
3: Rams minus the four. I think they're gonna get the calls here. I think the lead wants the Rams uh, to go on. So yeah, I'm going. Rams minus the four. And Then yeah, I think it's gonna go under the five. Under under. Okay, so I that was both, both the under and the over. offenses. going to go under. Yeah, both offenses I think are just depleted. Third matchup of the year. I think uh, kind of turns yeah. to the under. The familiarity, you know, no DeAndre Hopkins. And they were in um, you know, no DeAndre Hopkins, a banged up James Conner, um, you know Stafford just not looking right. Um, them being no, so heavy on
2: AJ th- e. Green, know another place.
3: Yeah, they've been they've been going so heavy on the run game <laughs> lately. with The Rams have so. Yeah, I, I'm I'm thinking like a you know a, a 24 to to 14, 24 to 17 yeah. um, Rams win
1: type game here. So what, Jim? What in your mind is the secret to their eight and one on the road? They were a different team early in the season. They had, they, they had a lot of early road games, and DeAndre Hopkins was part of the offense. That, that, yeah. And Connor was healthy. Right. They, that offense was very tough to stop because they were able to spread teams out, even though they ran more 11 than 10 personnel. When Connor was running against light, and I predicted this in the preseason, we talked all about this, when Connor yeah. would run against light fronts, battering ram. And then Edmonds gets hurt, and they're using him as a receiver as well. So I think it was then once it, once DeAndre went down and Connor started getting banged up, now all of a sudden that offense is in trouble because they exactly. two of their best yeah. weapons were down. Yeah. yeah. Got a few props. You want those? Sure. Yes, sir.
0: Absolutely. Christian Absolutely.
1: Kirk, under 52 and a half. The heel play the slot. Jalen Ramsey primarily plays a slot unless there's an outside receiver that dictates him to go there, which there's not here. He's not traveling out for AJ Green or Anton Wesley. So he'll stay in the slot to disrupt the middle. Kirk's a big under. Cooper Cup initially was at a 98 and a half yard. He's up to 104 and a half. I still like the over. Um the first time he played Arizona, he went under that, but they are going to lean heavily on him in this game. He is, is going to be the back, not the seven targets you saw in the last two weeks. We're back to the double digit targets. The last one, Kyler Murray, over 39 and a half rush yards. He is going to have to play Superman for them to have any chance, and that's he's going to have to run in this one. Can Josh, can I
0: ask one um, Hey,
1: question? As many questions as you like, man. I have
0: the, the, yeah. the Van Jefferson injury. He got he's limited today. What what would that do to the, the Rams offense, if anything?
1: I was under, I'm under the mindset that if they're going to go pass heavy, they're going to have to lean on Beckham and cup. They're going to have to unleash Beckham. If they want to make a run, if yeah. they're going to keep running, Jefferson's the odd man out. So he's hit or miss because if he catches the one long pass he gets, he cashes, yeah. but right. it's real sketchy. Cause he's not great downfield. So you're really banking on that one. He doesn't get enough targets for him. Again, we're talking about probabilities. And the low target volumes lowers his probability. It's a, he's a volatile play, Scott.
0: Did you look at Beckham's prop closely before?
1: You know what? I just decided to go. I felt Kirk's was safer. Again, it's the probability route. I, I think... They need to use Beckham more, but they haven't. So to take a yardage prop on him, probability has been on the downside for him. So I can't with certainty say McVay is going to do what's going to get them through the next couple of games. Yeah. I
3: I love that Christian Kirk under, um, I've worked out with Christian Kirk a couple of times, you know, he's not the biggest stature of guys. I think he could have some problems with the Jalen Ramsey's
2: quickness and size. Um, I, I like that one a lot nice man you know he he's we're watching chad's playing <laughs> he knows the guys he can measure he them up quick uh I, man this is the greatest podcast of all time we've got an insight we're able to collaborate much to the chagrin of the communist chinese chinese communist party final words before we get into tomorrow i'll make sure that i'll uh, post the podcast uh spotify people will have it tonight everybody else early in the morning west coast time we'll be on twitter we'll put the props before the games we'll have a live stream half hour before the game yeah. i'm sure jim will join us on some some he might not be able to i should be able to. I should oh be nice sure. nice so this is shaping up to be the epic of the most epic season as far as ourselves and you making money we'll go around the horn as they say Final words, guys. What do you guys think?
0: So I, you know, get to the, get to the window, you know, make the bets, win the money, tip the cashier, as Josh has said many times, um, and just uh, have fun watching football. You know, don't sweat out your bets. Just have fun watching football. And uh, hopefully they all come through for you.
1: Chad, go ahead.
3: Uh man, I'm uh I'm excited. I got a full paper here of all these prop bets to kind (laughs) of uh navigate. And I'm already kind of looking at my favorite ones, you know, because I probably won't play them all. You know, I'm gonna kind of take all Jim's suggestions here and I'm gonna kind of take my own brain and pick my favorites off it. Um, I'll say in the Cincinnati game early, I think my favorite is the Jamar Chase under. Um, I think that he's just like that a lot. He's gonna take um, you know, the interest they're going to, you know, that, that zone's going to be deep. They're going to have a guy over the top that, you know, they might even place, you know, have a guy maybe pressing up on him and, you know, doing some special things just because of, of what he's, he's been for that offense and the playmaker he's been. I, you know, I just think any smart, um, you know, defensive coordinator is going to take away that guy and make the next guys, you know, make, make the T Higgins and, uh, you know those next guys the Tyler Boyd's beat me this game and I'm not gonna let Jamar Chase just go running wild down the field like we've seen uh throughout this season. So I, I like that one a lot. Um and yeah man I'm I'm excited for tomorrow's uh got some pac-12 basketball I gotta get into when we get off here start getting on this basketball.
2: <laughs> Do you have any 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 pack 12 bets
3: you, you're feeling? Or you uh, know that I haven't I haven't, I haven't had a chance to really I, I haven't done enough research to put anything out there yet.
2: All right, so we'll put a little bit of those out there. And we're all about the research, right? It's a series seven test, 70% failure rate, 30%. And I passed it, right? But, and I always have it here because I'm middle-class. So uh, if I get rated, I want to win the argument during the raid. <laughs> I wait to the raid; I'm going to bring out the book. So I always have the book here, right? So as I'm studying for the, that test, I came upon this, right? And it's very important to what Scott said. It's a pizza box. Mental health thing, right? Uh, I highlighted it. And it says here, arbitrage. People get the wrong definition of that. So what arbitrage is, the simultaneous purchase and sale of the same or related securities to take advantage of a market inefficiencies. So that's what we're doing. We're betting everything equal amounts. 10 or more using 100 football 40 years. 100 I don't how many hours is that? Who knows. 140 years of watching football, 10 or more 80% probability. What? To make money cuz 52.5% to break even. On top of that, Chad is working out with these guys. From Jamar Chase to Joe Burrow to Josh Allen, I think he played with everybody in the playoffs. Maybe they were in the playoffs because, chat, or that was that's what it seems like. <laughs> so, right,
0: you know, before, uh, and before Jim goes, I, I'll, give, I'll give you a little peek behind the curtain. Jim's a, a great fantasy
2: person. And, no, he's and, more than that. He's a, he's a first. He is a first ballot. Hall of Fame fantasy guy, no, doubt. no and, doubt, and a national championship. The man's won a national yep. fantasy yep. championship. Yeah. So for the sir. first
0: guy I go to is him. I mean, we tweet a lot. We tweet a lot. So and he's great. His his pro, his his success rate on giving me advice is in the ninety percent range. So you know, I thank you. Well, that's the guy, that how our percentage. Oh, thank you, thank yeah. you, for your advice. I had a lot of success this year and and mostly because of what, what the advice you gave me. So not only is he great at player props, but he's also a a insanely great fantasy uh, person. So,
1: you know, Chad hit the nail on the head though. Chad said, I'll listen to the prop advice and then I'll go and do my work and see which ones I like best. And that's what we're all about. You're making your decisions. Yes. We're giving you some ideas. We're giving you some insights, some things to think about, but Chad, compartmentalize it perfectly that's what we want everybody to do make your own decision yep. and that's yep. how you and one more thing there are 13 playoff games after this week six of them will be gone enjoy these games because they dry up fast
2: Yep. Yeah. yep no no and, and if you lose one you're laughing you're not gripping in anger upset all this uh instead of giving a person a fish we teach them how to fish but at the same time, right? If you bet each and every one individually, we feel that it's a high likelihood you will make a profit, right? We can do this because it's this the richest country in the world, and you do not have to pay action sports. You do not have to pay anybody any money for any more any more information. We've given you so much information on this podcast and every podcast. More than you should, because you have a family of business, really, what are you doing with more information than what we're giving you? But we give it because guys that have our level of success, guys who have you know make much more than the average American that we have on here, uh, we're not the only ones who have these percentages or make this money. some people may make more money. But we are the only ones willing to share, right? And it's because it's not philanthropy, it's not religion. It's a business concept and practice we follow here. Every time you give, you get 10 times back. Right? I said about the cashier who put in a half a point after I gave her a tip. and it was a woman and we won, right? So Winston Churchill said, we make you living from our labor, but we make you life from what you give. Thank you for listening to the ESBC podcast network. That's why this fuck don't cost eight hundred dollars, and that cost too much. And I don't know what that cost. I just shit in the worst.
1: That's why.